Welcome to The Medalist, where we count down our top five personal favorites. A little bit of a different intro today, because... We need a logo. We need a fucking logo. So whether you're a graphic designer or maybe you just fuck around with Photoshop, we're going to have a contest running till the end of May? No. April. Oh my God. <laughs> all the way to first weekend of May. And we'll take all submissions of any kind. But hit us up with all your submissions. We're, we're open to anything. Send all your submissions to medalistpodcast at gmail.com. If we choose yours, obviously you'll get credit everywhere where we're available. All social media in the show notes of the show. You'll also get a free t-shirt when we get some shirts made or whatever merch we have. Until then, what time is it, Jason? I'm ready for some fucking God hammered. And now your hosts, David Dilo Lopez and Jason Smith. This is the Metalist. Hi, and thanks for joining us whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. It's the Metalist Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Jason. And as always, this is Alex. This is Alex. Today, we're listening to a band, or I should say we're talking about a band, pretty near and dear to our hearts. We're talking about from Massachusetts, Shadows Fall. Alex, what's your first exposure to Shadows Fall? Well, this is probably 2004-ish. I was already into Kill Switch Engage, into Soil Work. I had a couple heavy bands under my belt. But as a lot of your and I story goes, music choice. Mm. Music choice was the fucking golden age for heavy music in the early 2000s. Especially, that's how I was exposed to. This a bunch is the cable of, channel, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, what was, it, what was it? Cox on Cox? It was on a lot of them. Oh. Uh, you it was know on I mean? any ca- any cable. Yeah. Oh. Whoever was yeah. holding cable yeah. in your local area, that's yeah. what it was on. Eventually, they started splitting off, but uh, but like it all started with with it was essentially just on all of them, for much. those that don't know, it's satellite radio through your cable. Or your cable provider with no DJs yeah. and it, yeah, they, no DJs. Yeah, and they have they have all sorts of genres, but their their metal channel back in the heyday was fucking amazing. I don't know if it still exists or whatnot. Yeah, but it, th- my my first first exposure was through that, like pr- fucking like eleven o'clock at night or whatever, just browsing through TV trying to find something to watch. I'm like, oh, music choice metal. Let's see what's on there today. And the first song that came on is actually on my top five, so I won't, I, I, I will neglect the, the title for now. But after I heard that song, I immediately rushed to the computer and be like, okay, more of this right now. And uh, that's when I heard like, what drives the week and everything. So this is like right as The War Within came out. And I think the next day I ran out and bought the album. I just had it on repeat for the longest time, and I went back and I was like, "Well, may, when when's their next album coming out?" And they they weren't even in writing or whatever. And I found their discography. I was like, "They have three albums before this. What yeah. the fuck?" And so immediately picked up Art of Balance, 
And I actually didn't check out Of One Blood or Somber Eyes for a while. Like, it wasn't until, like, 2006 or, like, once Threads of Life was kind of an inkling, then I, mm-hmm. that's when I went back and... No, it was 2005, because I bought so- to Somber Eyes to the Sky when I bought Stabbing the Drama. Like, I okay. picked... Yeah. So, I went back, and it was all right. I was like, oh, cool. Phil is on this one, and it's mediocre. Cool. Yeah. I, it's funny, too, because I don't remember who it is, but somebody told me that was their favorite one. I'm trying to figure out who the hell that could even be, dude. That's that's an acquired taste of different sorts. Yeah, yeah sounds like a fucking... Sounds like the reverse posers. Yeah. <laughs> the guys that are like only it's only the shitty only demo. Only the first album. Yeah, only the first album, only the shitty demo. It's like the reverse of the poser. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I was just it's, looking at the, It's like Dave saying Steel Dust Suicide had the best artwork. I I was looking at the artwork for that that uh for Somber Eyes too. That's I do you ever just see something and you can't just it's like we were talking about with like Slaughter of the Soul and a Predator's Portrait. It's just like what the hell is that, dude? Yeah. Interesting logo though. It reminds me of some weird Capcom deep cut game. They're like you get the characters on uh on Marvel vs. Capcom and you're like who the fuck is this even? This weird vampire pirate anime chick? What what the fuck game is this? And that's what their old logo reminds me of, apparently. <laughs> so, who knows? But yeah, that's my first my first uh, experience with Shadow's Ball. Oh, and it's also, is it's probably my favorite band that I've never seen and never will get to see live. I was just going to ask if you got to see them live, because I was going through the banks last night. I was like, I don't remember being with you at any time I saw I have, them. I never got to see them live, and it, it it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I saw them one time. What what album were they on? It was on the Headbangers Ball tour. Oh yeah. Oh, that's gonna come up for sure, man. That was We'll get we'll get into that. I, and you guys are gonna tell your stories and I'll just sit here sad. <laughs> I, got to, I got to see Howard make fun of somebody for playing magic during the show. That was sweet. As well he should. Yep, yep, yep. Hey. I don't even know if they were really playing magic. He's like, What are you guys doing up there? Are you playing magic? I miss I miss Kane. Oh, they just like weren't paying attention or something. Something I, I don't know because it was like you remember back in the day, Kane's had that upper area where like you walked each up the stairs. And, there's a whole other bar up there. Like I don't know why anybody would be like, "What are you guys doing up there?" Like there's there's booze up there. Like what wouldn't they be doing up there? Maybe they don't want to be around the sea of people down on the bottom level. Like it's fine. Don't worry about it. They can yeah, all hear yeah. your music. It's cool. Uh, Howard was on one that night and it was hilarious. Well, we'll across was, that bridge in a while. Well, the I know this is kind of a tangent, but the. Where we saw propaganda was that Glass House, Glass House first, and then um, the what's now the Observatory well, after that. Yeah, Glass House because I saw we saw propaganda there. We saw uh, Unbroken there. Yeah, Glass House. And yeah, so they have that little upper area, mm-hmm. and I really like it because you're not fucking oh, surrounded by a sea of sweaty dudes. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say that's where we watched Unbroken. I was like, I think I want to get down there and get crazy. And then when when Undertow started, I was like, Nope. Yeah, I have a bunch of gnarly fucking old hardcore dudes just literally beating the, the shit out of, out of each other. other. Yeah, and dude. we're just like, we'll stand up yeah. in the balcony. That's fine. That's oh, cool. So, yeah. yeah, I totally understand why people did that at Kane's. On that note, Jason, your first exposure to Shadows Fall. 2002 or 2003, somewhere around there. Whenever Art of Balance came out, that's when I did it. And oddly enough, it's, it's literally that same time. When I... Downloaded Kill Switch Engage, Soilwork, In Flames, At the Gates, fucking. I don't know if All That Remains was out yet. 
Uh, Not this dark and hard, but yeah, it would have been that first album. That but it was close. Was like, eh. It was really close. Yeah, and yeah, then Unearth's sure. album was had just come out, maybe, and I didn't like that one. Stings of Conscious. Yeah, I didn't like yeah. that one. Anyway, we're not talking about the other ones right now. But yeah, it was, it was right around the time is when Art of Balance came out, and I don't know if I downloaded it first or heard it first, but I do remember watching Fuse. Because that was the new fucking channel. And I actually had it on my cable provider, whatever. And they had that Uranium show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I saw the video for Destroyer of Senses and was like, what is this? Like, this is fucking awesome. And they had, like, Kill Switch Engage video. They had... I mean, some other videos of, like, the stuff I'd seen. Um, Oh, that was the other band that came out, like, right around that same time. Lamb of God. Yeah, yeah. So... Sirens on our our, end. That's that's not for us. Not right now. It might be for you though. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was those were all like right around that same time, and they were all kind of on that. So what I would do is uranium was on during the day, so I programmed my VCR to fucking record it, and, and it's coming back around. Then I would like basically watch it later at night or whatever, and that's how I found like several bands. Like like you're saying, music choice. Mine was more like Fuse or Uranium specifically. That's how yeah, I found that was, it. Like Nevermore. Like that was. I mean, that's where I really heard the first Kill Switch Engage stuff with Howard Jones because they had the video for Fixation on the Darkness. We'll get to an episode on that. But when I heard Destroyer of Senses, well, more importantly, when I saw the video, first thing I thought of, and they have talked about this several times, when I first fucking saw this, man, House of Pain, Jump Around video all over again. It's the same exact thing. It's a fucking bunch of dudes in a fucking bar. In mass. In Massachusetts, jump around, fucking getting crazy. And to top it all off, there's a reason why he's wearing his Celtics jersey in the fucking video. Oh, and is it a homage? It is for... No, yes, shit. He has said it before. That is... Brian Fair has said that was us trying to do our best to try and recreate the House of Pain jump around video. That's cool. I didn't know that. Also, especially... It's fitting. It's in a bar. The song is fucking called "Destroyer of Senses." Yeah. What do you think it's about? Yeah. Is he he's passed out at the end? Or he passed out? That was a fun ass. That's another thing. I, I didn't know what it was about at all. Like and anything like that. I mean, it's just it's a drinking song. Literally. You know? yeah. Literally. It's a drinking song. It's. I mean, I liked it. But yeah, I mean, I heard that song. I was like, wow. Like you know, being an old fucking thrash head, I was like, man, like this is fucking sick. I'm pretty sure I saw that. Then I downloaded and I downloaded of one blood and. Art of Balance, War Within was not out yet. And they became one of my favorites from that era, like relatively yep. fucking quick. Yep. It didn't take very long. It, you know, it took me a little bit with Lamb of God, but it didn't take me very long with, with Shadows Fall. What's your first exposure? So kind of similar to Opeth, it was just like seeing, and there must have been, well, they weren't on, Opeth wasn't on Century Media, right? At that time, like it was like a whole smorgasbord of different labels they were going, but there was like a big push for this upcoming wave of bands, in you know, for all intents and purposes, underground metal scene that had yet to really come to mainstream ears, right? But in, uh, I want to say it was Guitar World, Guitar Player, Guitar Aficionado, fucking Monthly, whatever the magazine was. But like there would be this this section of bands that it would always get talked about a lot. Opeth was one of them, but Shadows Fall was being mentioned a lot too. Of One Blood was the only thing at it one at that point, and I didn't really have anything to, you know, I didn't have any way to check it out yet. But then Art of Balance came out, and I remember seeing even more of a push for them. And I remember, yeah, it was exactly Fuse, right? Uh, or even before, I think it was still much music before they changed it to that. But like it was Uranium and the video for um, 
Thoughts Without Words was on. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. I had a feeling it was going to be, but yeah, dude, that was just... It was it was like thrash in a way that I've never heard thrash. It's like a whole new level of pissed. You know what I mean? And there was like little other bits and dare, pieces to it. Dare I say thrash metal core? Yeah, because thrash core is a whole different thing that people from the 80s get pissed off about if you use it the wrong way. Goobers. Uh, but like, dude... Uh, the, the the vocal trade-off that's under you know that's underappreciated I think is the, the vocal trade-off between Brian Matt and at the time when John would do his little thing I guess mm-hmm. he stopped doing it in latter years but just there was an energy there was a palpable energy to it you see Brian with his crazy ass dreadlocks and it was just all energy dude which is funny because every version of that video I've seen since clearly something went wrong uh, because it's it's there's only one channel it's the left channel and like you notice like when you hear the rec- uh, the record version after that you're like oh there's something missing from all this but that was the first exposure and it's just a fun video it's them playing in some bright ass green room I'm guessing Darren Doan was the uh, director because he was very much the guy of that time mm-hmm. very vibrant colors and then from there I, de- I was like okay I need that album got it it was awesome and then just watch them yeah and Killswitch and like all these other bands come to massive prominence dude mm-hmm I've been trying to count it up how many times I saw them live because I saw them I saw them four times in 2003, which is fucking crazy to think about. Uh, we'll get into all that. So you only saw them the one time? Yes. Okay, and I mean, talk about a good time to have seen them. But yeah, I saw them twice on OzFest. I saw them... Yeah, no, it was the Take Action Tour. They were second to last. Okay, so check out this lineup and check out the order. First band is from this day, which whatever, and then it was uh, it was Throwdown right when Dave moved to vocals after playing guitar, and it was Haymaker. Then it was Avenged Sevenfold on right when sound uh, no, Waking the Fallen came out. Mm. Yeah, then it was Shadows Fall, and then it was Poison the Well right after um, You Come Before You came out, and that was the big thing was they were super touted to be this huge band, and then when You Came Before You came out, it's like. It's not the same band everybody got their hopes up for, but that's for a Poison the Well episode. And then the Headbangers Ball Tour. 2004, they did a headliner. They headlined above Damage Plan. Cool. And it was right before, right before shit went, unfortunately, south with that. Uh, Haunted opened that one. 2006, I saw them. No, 2005, it was OzFest again when they were on the main stage. And then the night after, they did a one-off show at Selma. So that's seven they did Sounds of the Underground in 2006. That's eight. And then last time I saw them, they opened for fucking Five Finger Death Punch at House of Blues. So I saw them nine times. And each one of them was awesome. Like, like they were an incredible live band, man. They they had the energy. Brian was getting in the crowd with his crazy-ass dreadlocks. I wish I would have seen him more, but I saw them a lot. I got and, to touch his dreadlocks. Yeah. Oh, dude. When, for the very last on the on the Take Action tour, and you're still alive. Yeah, they. Well, not during the show. It was after the show. Oh, I talked to him for like probably 20 minutes after the show when I saw him. Okay, and you're just like, can I touch your dreads? I was like, dude, what's up with those dreads? Like, how did you get those things so long? He's like, don't cut it. Like, yeah, he says he hasn't had a haircut. I was like, in, good call. Since 1993. And he just, like, grabbed him. He's like, check it out. Oh, Jesus. I was like, oh, shit. All right. Well, you know? so it's funny. Did he, um, when they played, uh, did he, like, before before they were on stage, did he have him in, like, not a bun, but, like, 
He had him like kind of coiled up. No, he was walking around with him down. No shit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't. None of the bands were like really out and about like much, but you could see kind of them walking along, you know, the sides and shit like that. And like you could see his hair was down the whole time. I mean, dude, when they they were long enough, even then, they were long enough where he was fucking doing windmills on stage and he was like touching the other guitar players. I was like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, of course, I mean, it wasn't surprising me. I'd seen the you know videos and I'd seen pictures and stuff like that. But like, when they played Destroyer of Senses at that fucking show that I saw, and it was at Club Bricks, same place I saw Slipknot in Salt Lake City, just this tiny little club, probably, maybe it was probably the size of the stage of Canes. Okay, so venue held probably a little more people, but that's only like the area where the people were standing, probably about the size of brick by brick. Hmm. There was just a lot of other areas, and there was an upper area. So, like, I think full capacity was probably, you know, probably more. I Not by say. much. Probably five, six hundred people, maybe. Yeah. But, like, dude, I'd never fucking seen Lamb of God before. I never, I don't even think I'd ever even seen a picture of him. I just didn't even bother looking up anything. And Randy came out and did the the fucking breakdown middle piece and destroyer of senses and I mean oh, for it real? fucking knocked my yeah because Lamb of God came on after them so it was Unearth and it was their last night on that tour and God forbid was up the street playing at a different club because their first night on the tour was the next night so Adam D was on drums with them really yeah and then oh. Shadows Fall came out and they did their fucking set. Randy came out and did that middle part of destroyer of senses it was fucking amazing he had still had the devil lock you know, yeah. like, and then Killswitch Engage came out. And I just remember Howard fucking doing monkey rolls across the fucking stage in a fucking zipped up hoodie. Oh, was it the Matrix hoodie? No, it was the ETID. Okay. That was the first time I'd ever heard of that. It All just right. said ETID. Okay. And then he had the hood up and it, like, the string pulled. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this dude's a weirdo. But, like, um, <laughs> yes. he was just doing monkey rolls across the stage and yep. shit. I don't think anybody really guessed it on their shit. And then Lamb of God came out and closed it out. Actually, that might be reversed. Kill Switch Engage, Lamb of God. Okay. But when Lamb of God came out, they did their set in 11th Hour, the part Destroyer of Senses, fucking Brian Ferry came out and did that section. Okay. And it was really fucking cool because in my eyes, and to some degree it's a reality, in my eyes, though, I figured all of these guys were like fucking friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Uh, the first time Lamb mm-hmm. of God and God Forbid linked up, it was, in, uh, it was a show in a garage in Virginia to like 10 people or something. <laughs> And to think where all those bands are at. Right. Well, Lamb of God specifically. So yeah. it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Our our show at Kane's was, um, and so that was the big thing. God Forbid was on that one, right? God Forbid opened, yes, yeah, yes, yes, because yes. Because that was later on in the tour, and and uh, they were they were on it at that point. Yeah, it was in November, too. I remember, I remember I was like, I only went to Kane's a handful of times, but it was always during the summer. So to be there when it was like almost winter was an interesting vibe. Canes at that point, what they did, they did a lot of 21 and up shows, but they also did a lot of 16 and up shows. And that was supposed to be an all ages tour. So I remember Brian from Shadows Fall and maybe some of the other guys in the bands haranguing whoever was in charge of that show, being like, this is supposed to be an all ages tour. And you, all, you're, you're turning all these kids that bought tickets away because of some 16 and up thing. And so it already started the, the night off on an easy start, but I was, it was awesome to, you know, to try to stick up for the kids, even though a lot of them got turned away, which is bullshit. Notice there's not been a 16 and up venue in uh, San Diego, as far as I know, ever since. Get in there. God forbid, or God forbid. <laughs> God forbid plays. Uh, God forbidding through. Yeah, yeah. The super group. God forbid plays, and it's really palpably awkward because there's these big dudes in red security shirts 
standing in the crowd so nobody can mosh and God forbid's all, hey, what's going on, guys? And they're all, they won't let us mosh. And then he starts it off just like, what? Fuck that. These kids paid their money. And they're like, no, shut up. Stop fucking. So there was, there was some weird tension. There was, there was a lot of security versus kid fights there, man. It was a weird way to start things off. And it was a bummer. Also of note, I love God forbid, but Byron's all, this is our first time playing San Diego. And everybody's like, nope, you played here last month with the tray. He's like, I did? Shit. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, but then, yeah, after that, it was... Um, <laughs> I'm sure that's happened to several bands. Oh, yeah. Well, so I was thinking, I was like, man, I thought I saw them the first time in San Diego when they played with the tree. Did they play another time before that and forget? Because I've always claimed that I've seen them every time they played here, but whatever. Another great live band. We're going to get to them another day. Uh, but Shadows Fall, yeah, came on. And by the time Shadows Fall came on, the security had to leave because they were getting their asses beat, dude. Everybody was going nuts. That was when things were in full swing. It was like... We're going to bring this up a few times. What they called the new wave of American heavy metal. This was like the tour to really, really say, okay, this is what's happening now. And Shadows Fall fucking ripped it, dude. And um, they didn't play Crushing Belial. And then I think about it, that's a bummer. They didn't have time. But um, but yeah, so when they played Stepping Outside the Circle, Randy came out and did the uh, the end Stepping Outside the Circle part with him. So okay, so there was a little crossover there. Then Killswitch played, and that's a story for another time because wow. And curiously enough, Lamb of God was the one band that I was like, huh, this is where the energy kind of is hard to follow. You know, Killswitch, and that was Lamb of God yeah. in their prime when Randy wasn't giving a fuck and he was jumping in the crowd. See, I'm pretty crazy. sure they played after Killswitch Engage, and it was like. But, I mean, that show I was at, it was energy all the way through it. Yeah, I mean, it was... Like, it, it was, was crazy. The, yeah, the only fucking difference was, was, like, right out the gate, dude, when Unearth was playing, because they were clearly still a fucking hardcore band at that point. Right. They hadn't started in with the Weedly Weedlies and shit. Dude, <laughs> the, the Salt Lake City Straight Edge kids? Oh, dude, yeah, 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 I could imagine. Those... With the metal... I've never seen that many fights in one place, dude. Yeah. It was just fights like crazy. At one point, I was going to go to the bathroom, so you would have to go... You're looking at the stage, you would have to go to the left... And then you have to turn down this little, like, little corridor thing, and there's a whole open section over to the left where like merch was and bathrooms and all that shit. I walked to the corridor, and I could see into the other room, mm. and there was like four different fights going on. I'm like, yeah, I'll just skip going to the bathroom. Oh, man. I've only heard stories about Salt Lake, and I've heard it's mellowed out a little since then, but like in the prime and the... Back then, it was pretty fucking nuts. Yeah, the late 90s, early 2000s, right? Yep. When the fucking Carl... Crisis is on fucking Geraldo because they're talking about some murder that went down between supposed straight edge kids, and then it turned out they were dealing drugs. So, oh dude, there was tons of straight edge fucking murders down there. They're bombing animal shelters, all kinds of shit. I mean, there was yeah. there was nuts so fucking shit going on at that point. It was pretty fucking hardcore down there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where First Blood got rolled. Oh, I think that's where imagine. eighteen. I think eighteen visions got rolled there. Yeah, I heard stories about that, which is um, funny because Mick, their bass player, was from Salt Lake too. Like so. it's, it was pretty fucking crazy, dude. Like and and it was just you know you're mixing hardcore kids with metal kids. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, it's just how it goes. I was a bummer, dude. That was a thing. At least when I was. Coming I mean, there's up. still metal dudes now that are just like, I fucking think that shit's stupid, and it's like, well, yeah. then just don't, just like get out of the way. Yeah, but remember, like around, it seems like to me at least around that time, like shit finally started integrating. And then things must just, like, come and go in cycles because it seems like it was kind of getting that way again. Well, I'm just like, know. you know what? If all of you guys, if all you guys that want to push pit just flooded in there when they're trying to fucking, no, I guess they call it crowd killing now, but when they were trying to hardcore dance, uh, they can't hardcore dance if there's no room. Yeah. So if you guys all j got in there, 
You know, like they they wouldn't have room to do what they want to do, right? Yeah. But one of the coolest fucking things I don't remember what show it was, but I saw a fucking pit do where it was fucking hardcore kids dancing in the middle. Yeah, and there was and a circle pit going around the outside. And that's I was what like, I'm saying. This is that's, amazing. That's where the harmony eventually came in. I want to say that was like 2005 or six, but yeah, there was some awkwardness with. I remember. So the it's second, like the, the peak of new the the new wave of American heavy yeah. metal kind of blended it. Yeah, yeah, man. Like like it, it came in waves. Uh, but like yeah, two thousand two to three Shout to out four. Tribune. Yeah. Oh, that's coming one day too. <laughs> but yeah, the the. 2002, three, four, around the time I would have started going to those shows, yeah, there was a shitty division still, and I was like, I remember the second Headbangers Ball tour. It was Himsa, and I fucking missed them because of the rain, and that still bums me out to this day. But I did see Penny Bone come out to uh, and play with uh, Bleeding Through. But it was them, Bleeding Through, Arch Enemy, and Cradle of Filth, which on paper, at least those three bands, you're like, well, they're all coming from, you know, melodic Swedish death metal, Gothenburg style. But the fucking crowd division was ridiculous dude and it bummed me out so much i think the whole division between hardcore metal kids is so it's not even really the music at all yeah exactly it's the i think the biggest i I don't even think i don't even know chocolate my peanut butter yeah i think it's mostly just some people don't want to get hit well that too but like and that's that's, mostly what it is it's like as much as the people the 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 people that fucking i know that say like fuck oh they fucking look stupid as fuck they don't really care if they look stupid as fuck they'll yeah. tell you that looks dumb yeah but they're not going to go up to them and tell them it looks dumb they don't care if they look dumb as long as they don't get hit by it yeah yeah it's it's all stupid man and i think it's a lot more tolerated now just because that style's been out for so long you know and i've told several people i'm like that's why i stand in the back yeah yeah for for dave and i because we we've gone to like hundreds of shows together so it's either we're right up front mm-hmm. or, or way in the back, back. Yeah, there's like no between, middle yeah. ground oh yeah dude <laughs> when i caught myself at parkway drive and kill switch engage in the mosh zone i was like yeah we're gonna have to find another place to stand i'm it, pretty yeah. sure it's gonna happen right here so like yeah i'm confident two questions about that uh i guess how, how many songs was it parkway played before the shit went south i'm not sure i think it was probably like six or seven okay but it was it wasn't like just they only had four songs left to play i looked at the set list oh, okay they only so. had four more songs left uh and then so but was there a lot of hardcore dancing still no no shit. I didn't okay. see any in there. So that'll be for another episode too. I saw there was a lot of a lot of push pit stuff, um, some circle pit. Okay. You know, um, people people have a lot of fun with circle pits. I'm circle pitting is very fun. Even push pits are pretty fucking violent. I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, and and I'm again and obviously it's easy to get trampled in them. Obviously, That's... the crowd killing is you know can be fucking violent if somebody gets in the way of someone else but yeah generally they don't most of them that i've seen with that hardly anybody even gets hit because every you know i mean if you're not the one doing it or if there's not enough room you just don't do it yeah uh i tell you what dude mad ball a week and a half ago because like a lot of a lot of the newer bands it's just like a bunch of like like there's this whole wave of kids getting into hardcore which is cool now but like there's also a lot of kids that just don't understand shit and so seeing Madball, where it's all these guys are in their mid forties, and a lot of that crowd is, it's just like, and there's like a there's like an etiquette that's been established, right? There was dudes hardcore dancing. There was one dude crowd killing, which whatever they seem to tolerate it because it's like hardcore, hardcore kids, right? Uh, but there was a lot of pushing and a lot of circle pitting too. It was a sick mix that I haven't seen in a long time. Dude, there's kids hard, hardcore dancing at ingested. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's breakdowns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that like, makes fuck. sense. <laughs> yeah, but it was like it was a cool mix and everybody. There was no fights. But it's like three dudes. 
That's you know what I mean? Like it's it's three people that are I mean, doing it, and then all of a sudden everybody else backs out so far that you can't really circle pit because there's too much room. Yeah. You can't really hardcore dance well because there's too much fucking room, and you can't have a push pit because there's too much room. People start falling down. Yeah. The whole thing that keeps all that together is the crowd that doesn't want to do it holding it in. Yeah. But the problem is, is the people on the edges don't want to get hit. Obviously, they move out. Everybody else backs up. And then what you end up with is a huge space, and that leaves a, ro- a lot of room for injury. Yeah, for sure. Was that a pretty well-attended show in Justin? Yeah, it wasn't bad. That's good. Because I remember I saw uh, I Declare War. Granted, I Declare War hadn't been signed at that point. I mean, they like had had been unsigned for a while after being signed. And they it was like a Thursday night or something, and just like there was enough people to like line the walls, and there was kids moshing in between. But like that's the thing. Like Madball had played Soda Bar for a while up to that point, and it was just like packed ass. So it was just kids like jumping over each other. So it was crazy seeing them at Brick, and it was just like yeah, it was a, like much wider open space for yeah. kids to get down. It was both cool experiences, but it was a bit of a different you know dynamic to so it. So back on track, what are we gonna? Because we're going to deep dive a little bit. Oh, I'm ready. What, <laughs> what do you call this band? See, okay, so I've been doing a little soul searching. I always just thought they were a thrash band with a lot of different elements to it, which is kind of true. But if we're really going, because we're going to get into the metalcore discussion, right? Yes. 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 So, like, like I've, I always never thought of them as a metalcore band, but I guess you could to a degree. Like, there's that's a definite side to them, man. So that was another thing I wanted to get into as well, because there was... It kind of like really came into prominence when it was that new wave of American heavy metal tag that was going in the early 2000s, but I don't think you could call every band from that wave metalcore either. So there was this kind of Venn diagram thing going on. Like you wouldn't call Chimera a metalcore band, right? I would. You would too? I would, yeah. Hmm, all right. See, for me, I would too. So, really? so okay. metalcore, the term metalcore has kind of evolved. Oh, yeah. Because now, what is it, like Black Veil Brides or whatever? It's, it's a blanket genre yeah. now. Yeah. But, but, like Deathcore. But when I yeah. think of metalcore, that is what I use interchangeably with the new wave of American heavy metal. Okay. So I classify all of that as metalcore. So yeah, Chimera. Here's a name you haven't heard in a while. Fucking Diecast. Oh uh, yeah, we're talking Diecast yeah. eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so Shadows Fall, were, God yeah. Forbid, Kills, which like that whole era. To me, that is metalcore. Okay, but that's so, like an era of metalcore, really, right? If you're looking at well, that's the start of that's the start yeah. of metalcore. So core. rather than rather than having the fucking word soup of new wave of American heavy metal, no, just metalcore. Yeah, quick, let me, effective. Let me we'll throw s- two bands at you that wouldn't fit in there, though. Fuck, Devil Driver. I almost said something else. Metalcore. You think so? Metalcore. Okay, Mastodon. Mm, ooh, they've changed over the they years, have but a lot. they they were I would call them sludge metalcore. Okay, so, so but like I, like to go back on your question, what I would refer to as Shadows Fall is thrash metalcore. If I'm going just solely <laughs> off of what I'm hearing in their music, they're a fucking thrash band. Yeah, that's what I, that's where I'm at too. But the, dif- like, the difference is is as the things go on, different elements get added, sure. Yeah. But at yes. the base of it, man, they're a fucking thrash band because they have even fucking like eighties glam riffs that, oh, yeah. in their stuff. So yeah. yeah. The the thing is the thing is like with the whole term like new wave of American heavy metal, there's there's two things I've noticed that I've noticed about that with in conjunction with the term the wave of British heavy metal and the new wave of British heavy metal. Thank you. Generally speaking, it's when the new wave of British heavy metal or the new wave of American heavy metal, 
you know, they didn't do new wave of American heavy metal corns from Bakersfield, Limp Biscuits from fucking Jacksonville. I mean, they're they're American bands, mm-hmm. but they weren't playing a certain style of music, right? So when you hear new wave of American heavy metal, what was the first wave of American heavy metal? What was? Do it? you know what that is? The Bay Area Thrash. Bay Area Thrash. Yeah. Okay. So what were some of these bands coming out? They were a little more thrashy. Okay, Camara had you know some thrashy elements. Not the first album, but no, definitely yeah. the second album. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Lamb of God was very fucking thrashy. Mm-hmm. Essentially, fucking. I mean, not when they, not when Shadows Fall first came out, but they were they had a lot of thrash elements, and then really fucking dove in. By the time Art of Balance comes out, they're very fucking thrash metal. But that was mm-hmm. them trying to get out of the whole like, oh, they're just Gothenburg clones, because that was even happening in the states. So right. Basically, it's it's like that with the uh, the wave of British heavy metal, and then the new wave of British British heavy metal. You kind of had like this whole almost. I it's almost like a fucking glam element to it. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I, I'm talking like original glam, like fucking T Rex, sweet fucking like glam rock. Some of David Bowie even like right, like, right. David yeah. Bowie was considered yeah. in that group. There was a uh, Slade was another one that was fucking big on the whole like glam fucking thing, yeah. and then you know eventually when. Def Leppard and fucking Iron Maiden and the new wave. Is that what's considered the new wave of British mm-hmm. heavy metal? Those are the two big spans, yeah. yeah. yeah um, you know, Saxon and Judas Priest and fucking all those. They all kind of had that same element, but they took the the that one element and made something new out of it. Yeah. Yep. These guys took the thrash thing and they made something new out of it. And that's why it's to me, that's why it's always they, been called the new wave of, of American right. heavy metal. They weren't like just Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer. Right. They had all of that, but they had this new thing. And the and new thing was fucking hardcore. Exactly. That's the, <laughs> that's the metal core. Yeah. They had the hardcore part. Now, Overcast is considered the godfathers of fucking metal core. And I aftershock. Mean, that's one of them. And like, like that was the thing. Well, they're not the like, ones that coined the term, but they right. are no. considered. You know who coined the term? Poison the well, well. No. Okay. You want to know who popularized the term and started Poison using well. it? It was Shai Halud. Shai which Halud, yeah. Poison the Well got was, their sound or their sound from. Okay. Poison the Well was the first one I ever heard fucking say the term metalcore. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was South Florida. So but, I mean, I, mean, South I never heard of Shai Halud for years. Yeah. I know. I was the one. You got to listen to Shai Halud. Well, well so no. Like I never. I'd heard of him by that point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I I'd never fucking him. heard of him. Yeah. Until probably like 2007. Uh, it's about the same with this guy too. Yeah. Like I'd heard of Himza, mm-hmm. I'd heard of all these other bands that are around at the same time. Like I about fucking died when I was fucking looking one time and I saw Shadows or sorry Overcast toured with Shai Halud. Yeah, oh, so yeah, but they were a very that different was band actually too. when Overcast broke up. But yeah, the Overcast aftershock thing like that was kind of like okay, like these are fucking Godfather bands of metalcore or whatever. And of course. Whatever they do after that is going to have parts of that, yeah. especially the musicians of the band. Like maybe not so much the singers, but the musician part of the band, that's definitely going to bleed into what they're fucking doing. Mm-hmm. And sure, Shadows Fall doesn't have a lot of the hardcore element as far as fucking breakdowns and punkiness, but they do have, I mean, dude, the stage show for sure. Oh, yeah. And, all and the, the vocals. The vocals are yeah. very... And yeah, all, yeah. all these bands that came up in this... Metalcore scene, new wave American heavy metal. Essentially, all of them are metalcore supergroups. Yeah. Because you have, like, in the early days of Shadows Fall, Matt and Phil Labonte from Now All That Remains, Matt and Phil played in a, in a band together called Perpetual Doom. 
John was in Aftershock at yes. one point. Brian with Fair, Adam D. Yeah, with Adam D. Brian Fair and and uh, Mike D. from Killswitch were in Overcast. Well, and plus Pete Cortez. Yeah. Who was in both Shadows Fall and Killswitch at one point. And had the seamless band yeah. with Jesse. And, and speaking of, Derek Kurzweil. Derek Kurzweil is another Who was one. in Unearth and a fucking other <laughs> yeah. like treasure trove. Well, I just found out he was in Shadows Fall for a year. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he and was. The original drummer for Shadows Fall, uh, uh, David Germain. Germain, the germ, was in Centrifuge. And now he's doing like some weird ska reggae band thing called Jaya the Cat. Sure. I don't know. I didn't know and, that. And then. Uh, uh, worried about him. Jason Bittner was in Stigmata and mm-hmm. uh, and Burning Human. Yeah, no, I've never heard sick. Burning Human, yeah. but I've heard, Stig- I've heard Stigmata. Stigmata sick. Yeah. Burning Human's old yeah. school death metal. I really like it. And well, he's amazing. We'll get into that. Oh, and, and, and Matt, Matt was also in Exhumed. Uh, yeah. And then and then yeah. uh, and Paul was in uh, uh, Push Button Warfare. Which is one of those names yeah. I always heard of. See, that's that whole Well, it's wave. funny, too, because, like, Matt Bashan is in a fucking super group now. Yeah. With yeah. the two, do- two dudes from Magnus. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then, uh, and then Jason went to fucking Flossum and Jensen and Overkill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian Fair is doing everything. Yeah, he's in Hell Knight. And, yeah, and John um, Donai is in, obviously, he's in Anthrax. Anthrax. And he's the guitarist they've deserved forever. Yeah. It's so uh, gnarly, fuck, dude. And, and we'll I'll, get into how, the, I want to get into, like, how the individual guys yeah, yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But like, yeah, the new wave of American heavy metal was specifically these metalcore bands. And again, there's... That there's was my deep dive. <laughs> we appreciate in the shallow end, we still got a long way to go. What are you talking about? I know, like, kidding. well, dude, well, like, if we're talking the beginnings of all that, like, dude, Rorschach, Starkweather, Integrity, <laughs> I didn't know Ringworm actually went back that far, but they do. Ringworm and then eventually, awesome. And they're still kicking ass. Mm-hmm. I mean that's going to be a whole. But like, all, there's there's always the fringe bands. Yeah. Obviously, it yeah. happened with new metal. It happened with grunge. It happened with you know glam. <clears throat> there's always these fringe bands where you're th- at that point. You're kind of like, are they? Well, yeah. You know I, what I mean. But for the most part, dude, the big chunk of those bands were all considered metalcore. Now whether yeah. we considered a metalcore or not doesn't matter. That's right. what they were considered. And like I said, on paper, like dude, when I like not on paper, on my ears. When I fucking listen to Shadows Fall, dude, I hear a fucking excellent Metallica level thrash band. Yep. Like that's what I fucking hear. And, and Metallica and Megadeth level. These guys are they are that good of musicians, dude. Like so and again, we'll get into that later. But when I fucking heard these bands, dude, um All That Remains was another one that kind of came like at the time. You know, and that was part of the fun of the of of being at that time. Was finding out who, whoa, these guys played with these guys. These guys yeah, played yeah, together. Yeah. These guys, you know, and kind of like the weird thing was like, because I think they were younger than everybody else, but the odd man out was always, um, well, the odd man out was obviously Lamb of God. They weren't even from uh, the New England area. Mm-hmm. And then Unearthed, because I think they were younger than everybody I else. I think so, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, there's there was so much interchangeable fucking things, and it was so... It was really cool to read about that stuff. Absolutely, it's weird to think of that in a historical context now, right? But you know, it, because it's it's the same as reading, you know, and it, it'll be brought up in the grunge episode. But reading when reading the interview that Chris Cornell used to live with Andrew Wood, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's that kind of like, oh my god, like that's awesome! Like they really are. Like and even if they're not friends, they know each other from right. you know this thing or whatever. So. That was a, a the the I guess dare I say lore of a, right <laughs> of New England metalcore anyway was pretty rich and for for those of you that are listening that have not seen it they do 
a pretty awesome deep dive of it during for the Kill Switch Engage DVD documentary that came out yes. like 15 years ago. Yeah, it did. Have you watched yeah. the new one? There's a new one? There's well, It's not even new. It's like two or three years old or oh, four. Oh, shit, no. Well, and it's funny because they use a lot of clips from that one to be like, wow, look at back then and look at now. Okay, so yeah. remember Set Aside a Day. We're going to yeah. watch that. So, yeah, that shit was, that DVD was really cool because yeah. they had all of those guys on there. Yeah, a two-hour fucking deep dive of Kill Switch, which goes into like a lot of the the metalcore scene from New England. Mm-hmm. So, that was the one where like Mark Morton's sitting there talking about like, yeah, they, they played... Before the album came out, you yeah. know, they they played us into heartache, and I immediately said like, "That's a hit song," mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, yeah, that was that one was awesome because you do get into a lot of that fucking those old stories and the old lore and stuff like that, like yeah. especially in the whole New England area. It's same with New York hardcore scene. Yeah, it's not just about the music; it's about the stories that are actually go behind the music. The family tree kind you of know, thing. Yeah. R.I.P.D.V.H. One. The God forbid yeah. one's pretty cool too because you get yeah. another perspective on that as well. Shadows Fall didn't really have. They had a DVD, but it was more a contractual obligation. They didn't have that story component to it the quite like those other ones did. Yeah. No, and it's so shitty. I fucking bought that. I was so excited, and I fucking read on the back of it that it's all handheld fucking cam. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, and then yeah. I put it in. I'm like, yeah, this sucks. They, they straight up said, dude. Just imagine because... watching all those fucking YouTube clips that are from fucking cell phones that yeah. you have to deal with. Just imagine that, but you just paid fucking 25 bucks for the DVD. Yeah. yeah. That's essentially what you're getting. It fucking suck balls. Don't fucking watch it. Yeah, they, they said it was a contractual thing because like they wanted to jump to Atlantic and they're all, yeah, well, give us that and give us... What ended up becoming Fallout from the War, if you remember that one. Almost every yeah. time you have a fuck, almost every time you have a fucking album where it's like, oh, this is all the shit that didn't make the other album. Yeah. Generally, it's usually it's worse. Definitely. Because yep. it's not the stuff that made the fucking album. And it's usually because there's some kind of contractual thing. They have to put out something. And so they, they use that's usually what it is. And they, they had one more album to do to get out of the contract and they just threw that together. Shout out to that though. They do a fucking sweet fucking cover of fucking Tease and Pleasing by Dangerous Toys with Jason McMaster yep. on vocals. I fucking love that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that they do that song. Well, oh, it's so, so good. So one, one of my okay. honorable mentions, I know I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but Talk one of my it. one of my honorable mentions is Dead World. Nice. Ooh, Dead well, yeah, which Dead. one? The new one? Uh, like the both. The newest one? Both. Uh, so the demo version or the EP version, the right. actual Dead World EP or whatever, that specific song, and then when they and they they did the re-recording of it on Fallout from yeah. the War, and like I like the Fallout from from the uh, the production the yeah. production value sounds great, man. Oh man, sounds great. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, isn't that the first? That was one of the first songs that they did, though, wasn't it? No, it I was... I thought it was uh, one of the first ones that they had, and that's why they ended up re-recording No, it, it was uh, one of the first songs they wrote for uh, The Art of Balance, and it didn't make... like Because I had it as a song for Art of Balance. Like, I had oh, was it... Was it like a bonus track or something, maybe? It, no, it was a fucking demo from Art of Balance that didn't make the album. Yeah, because it that's was, what it I was had on it the as. Dead World EP. But I thought they had... I thought one of them had a fucking band called Dead World or something oh. like that. Oh, maybe. But I, I remember that he was talking about some stuff story where they re-released um they released some ep from between of one blood and art of balance and then yes. some office 
combine that with yeah, balance yeah. and called it something else. Yeah, it's the stepping outside the circle. Yeah. yeah. Stepping outside the circle was one. I also had a oh, fucking yeah, yeah, demo yeah, yeah, version yeah. of Idiot Box. Like yeah, all this that, stuff. That's on that all of that is yeah. the Dead World EP. All this stuff was pretty available, like on you know, through file sharing, wherever yeah, whatever yeah. client you used. I mean, it was all pretty fucking available on there. And I mean I just would pick like, okay, this sounds like it would be with this album and I would just kind of throw these fucking songs in. And so now it is kind of weird when I'm going through Spotify and I'm listening to fucking albums that I used to have burned right? and I'm waiting for that bonus track or this yeah. demo fucking whatever and it's not there. It's like, oh, yeah, wait, yeah. this is something, there. But it's on <laughs> YouTube. Yeah. You know what? Really quick, I just realized the fucking bonus DVD that came with War Within was better than the DVD itself. Yeah, 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 yeah it was. funny? Yeah. I never saw the bonuses. Dude, War Within was one that I was really fucking... Like, that album, I was so excited for that album to come out. Oh, yeah. That was... For all intents and purposes, that was a follow-up that I had... I needed to hear. I, sure. I was so in love with Art of Balance. And I was just like, I have to fucking hear what well, they do next. And the fucking production on it. Oh, man. Well, I, I'll, I, I'm going to piggyback off that because you go from 2002 to 2004 and there's going to be there's three bands that immediately come to mind with an epic record and follow it up with another epic record oh yeah so 2002 you got fucking the you got the art of balance you got alive or just breathing and you have reroute to remain from in flames 2004 you get the war within the end of heartache and fucking soundtrack to your escape and it's just like motherfuck dude how do these bands do that it was like, such a well it's street, also i mean dude. another one that was right around that fucking time also was uh, as the palaces burn mm-hmm. that goes right into fucking ashes of the wake yeah in a year or maybe even less than maybe yeah i, don't I mean know. and that was again like the production it was like i love the production on i i, I almost prefer the the raw the raw production i, I do but yeah I get but what ashes you're of the wake sounded amazing yeah. too like i was like holy Machine. shit i mean as far as polished production goes it was fucking sounded great dude and it was like yeah. oh man you know so well, and another one too. All that remains, dude. This dark and heart going right into fucking fall of ideals. Like again, production, and, and well, that was two thousand five, though, right? I'm just saying, but, like, yeah, 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 I, I I'm just saying, within the same fucking right. era, it, it's just like all of those bands. You know, oncoming storm when it came out. Like that was one. I was like, yeah. okay, I have Game to changer, hear this yeah. follow up. All Not those born chaos figure number yeah, five. All but. those bands that were right around that time. It was just like fucking dude because you have heard. These albums are like, oh my god, like this is fucking awesome. How are they gonna follow this up? And then all of a sudden, they all came out with their follow-ups. And they're like, Jesus, they got yeah, better. Like, yeah, right. yeah. it was, it was, it was fucking a really crazy fucking time for music. And again, that new wave of American heavy metal, Chimera, is another one. Dude, Pass Out of Existence, can't stand it. I don't like that album. Really, dude, the oh, fucking man. impossibility reason. At one point, I said it was a perfect album. Yeah. I was with that. Like, that album is so much head and shoulders over their fucking debut. I think I, like, Pass Out of Existence just because I was still coming out of the new metal age. Right. I still got a soft spot That's probably why I didn't like it, because it sounded like fucking new metal and shit. I was like, what the fuck? Devil Driver's first album, eh, it's all right. Second album, fucking amazing fucking album. Easily their peak fucking shit, dude. Like, so for me, I know it's kind of, uh, not a lot of people hold this view, but uh, I prefer the Chimera self-title. A lot of, Rob... Prefers that he's he's pissed off. Oh, Kevin Talley on drums. Fuck yeah. yeah, dude. Rob's pissed off that that didn't take off with people. That's, oh, that's, that's one of those guys' favorite. One. I that love that my album. favorite one. That's I love that album too. It's cool. But every, everyone gives like defaults to possibility or yeah. reason. But for me, it's fucking self-titled, dude. I mean, like, and then uh, what's the one after that? Resurrection. That's not bad. 
No, I Resurrection mean, was really good too. I think for me, their their peak is like Impossibility Reason and that self-titled album. I mean, yeah. fuck, dude. But like, I mean, Unearth had another run there. I mean, all of these bands had a run. Shadows Fall, dude, their run of fucking, you know, because I mean, honestly, like I fucking love uh, of One Blood. Like, yep, same. You know, of One Blood, Art of Balance, War Within, and then fucking, um, ah, you know, I don't really count Fallout from the War, but no, I will count the Threads of Life. To me, that's their Cold Lake. Yeah, for sure. I think they would agree with that. We'll get into that's, that a little that's later. That's their but yeah. iffy one. And the, but dude, Redem- er, Retribution. Retribution. Yeah, that that was a trip dude. Of, yeah, Retribution's. That that's might be their best album. That's what I said too. As <laughs> that soon as it album came out, is. Dude, Fucking awesome, yeah. and it sucks because like yes, their heat was completely gone by that point. So yeah. what we're talking about is like even the, with me, like a big Shadows Fall fan, I, when that album came out, I was like, huh, yeah, yeah. And I remember, so that was the thing, man. Peak that era metalcore. We're talking maybe 2002 to 2006, right? Yeah. Right. What happens after that? Deathcore becomes a thing and totally steals all that thunder. Yeah. But so it's two diversions. I always look at diversions and paths what happened to punk rock it went two different ways it went new wave and then it went hardcore and then in new wave you got the division between new wave and post-punk and hardcore it became okay you know crossover and then crossovers to metal so um youth crew becomes a thing so there's always these deviations so with metalcore specifically becoming a massive thing too you know what i mean like like it branches off as it should it's a natural progression so with metalcore it's going two different ways you got it's becoming this weird because there was always those bands like Atreyu and and uh, from Autumn to Ashes and all that that had this like emo take on it. You know what I mean? That kind of cross pollination thing. For a while, they were synonymous, dude. You couldn't tell the difference if somebody. You look at a picture of a band and you're like, is it metalcore, emo, or fucking screamo, or pop punk, or what? And uh, and so it kind of went down that path, and that's where you got your sort of eventually bring me the horizons. But you know, you're um, asking Alexandria's, you're uh, a mice and men, Black Veil Brides, Black Veil Brides. Who's the other one? Devil Wears Prada. You said, and so that was one. Miss avenue. May I is another yeah. one. Yeah, like like a lot of that, right? Bull for my Valentine. Oh uh, man, I mean that's a <laughs> that's a whole bag of. <laughs> in it to itself but then um, oh man well, I hate the bolt for my bounce remind me, remind me later they put on a good show that Trivium's first, another one that, that. oh yeah Trivium but I mean like they were like in between those you know and I mean they had their own eventual course anyways so that was the trip man uh, what's the other side of that? Oh, I, I gotta come back for the Trivium episode, cause... Oh, yeah, the, yeah, 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 no, for sure. Yeah. But, um, so, so anyways, so you got the more commercial metalcore, and, like, especially when, like, Synth start... Oh, dude, fucking Attack, Attack, how did, could I forget that? You know what I mean? I, I was hoping you is. would. I was hoping you really? would forget that. I have oh, no idea. Oh, no, man. <laughs> Stay that way, please. I know oh, you guys yeah. have said there's one Attack, Attack, and then there's an Attack, Attack with an exclamation point. I'm gonna say the American one, just because that's the one more but like, I've never, with. I've never heard that before. Right. There's a lot of those bands I've never fucking heard. Once Deathcore came around... So that was the, that's the thing, man, is that's the other direction, and that was like, okay, we're going heavier, we're going more, you know, breakdowns, we're focusing even more on that, and just fucking the, the beatdown aspect, and it left a lot Crab of those core. bands in the dust. Crabcore. Crabcore, yeah, I mean, but, like, that's, you know, that's that one. I mean, even that was, oh, my God. Anyways, uh, and so you More had like a lot cringe of... More like cringecore. Yeah, so you had a lot of bands that were just kind of still doing that style that kind of got left by the wayside, and unfortunately, you know? I was bummed out that, like... So you look at Ozfest 2001. That's the peak of new metal, so you got your Linkin Park, you got your Papa Roach, and you got... Anyways, those are the big ones. Drowning Pool. And then you got all the side stage bands, because the major labels were just throwing fucking money like crazy. Like, everybody signed one of these. 2002, it's like things are starting to change. Poison the Well has already taken off. Hatebreed put out Perseverance. 
uh, and um, a lever just breathing came out. So there's already kind of something ha happening in the water. So you have on side stage, all the uh, rotating bands are all these like fucking E-level new metal bands at this point that got a lot of, mo like the stories from these bands of, oh man, they put millions and dollar millions of dollars into us and it just went nowhere. And then who's headlining the second stage? Fucking Hatebreed, or no, Meshuggah Hatebreed Down. So there's already a change in the water there. 2003, it's bands like Grade 8, and Twisted Method and Depswa. Have you even heard of any of these bands? I've heard of Depswa and fucking Twisted Method. Oh, so you know. <laughs> but it's for, just like, for those of you that don't know, I'm kind of looking at Dave with like a confused <laughs> blank expression. This was like, okay, that's, they, it was already on its dying last legs. This is beating the fucking already dead horse. But who else is on that rotating slot? Shadows Fall um, and um, Kill Switch. And then on the West Coast, it was Sworn Enemy. On the East Coast, it was Chimera. And that, and so what is Ooh, it the next year? Ooh, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, especially around that time. So who who's all the bands next year? It's bands that people actually give a shit about and aren't on major labels, but they already have their own built-in, uh, their built-in audience. Every Time I Die, Bleeding Through, Throwdown, Atreyu, um, God Forbid, like those are the, the rotators and they actually have a, a fan base already and then... They pick up new fans. 2005, what is it? It's Soil Work, Arch Enemy, Black Dahlia Murder, and I missed all of them, and I'm fucking pissed about that. <laughs> but Haunted, uh, Mastodon. Mastodon actually got a headlining slot eventually because they got so big. Um, and that's kind of like the peak of that. 2006 is when it's like the peak peak. You got uh, Full Blown Chaos, Walls of Jericho, Between the Buried and Me, The Red Cord, Strapping Young Lad, Fuck, there's one more that I... Oh, Life Once Lost. I left after all those bands. I didn't see any of the headliners on the second stage, let alone the main stage band. Granted, that's because our buddy Jake got his fucking head split open and we had to take him to the ER. But me and, yeah. me and Jimmy are looking at each other afterwards like, you actually get to just go home after this? Like, we saw all the bands we wanted to see, yeah. So then after that is, you know, that wave in 2006, those are the bands that got a little left behind, and that bums me out because, like, they were on such a good trajectory and then just shit just changed and came right out from underneath them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did we, did, are we calling that one thing a, de a deathcore depth dive, deep dive already? Because no, that could I, be a different thing. I wasn't going to put it out. Okay, so we can do that for another day, but just, like, yeah. when that came out, dude, that changed the game. All those bands. I want a specific fucking MySpace deathcore yeah, yeah, episode. yeah. I mean, because MySpace was the huge thing. MySpace Deathcore would be an awesome Deathcore band name. I... <laughs> but yeah, dude, like, that changed fucking the entire scene, dude. All the bands that were doing the basically unearth, if you want to call it, but, you know, In Flames with Breakdowns thing, immediately, oh, we got to change our sound, dude. I mean, this was even before Suicide Silence blew up the way they did. It was That was the summer of uh, Job for a Cowboy. Then Suicide Silence puts out the cleansing, and then it's fucking game over, dude. Everything's the way that you could break up the 2000s end of metalcore, height of metal, or excuse me, end of new metal, height of metalcore, and then deathcore is an interesting little trajectory to watch. Especially, it's funny because like there's new metal influence deathcore and metalcore happening big time right now. Well. Something that would be hard for someone nowadays to figure out is nowadays nothing dies. Yeah, no. Because absolutely. everybody could put out whatever they want to put out whenever they want to put it out. I mean, granted, you can't really tour whenever you want to tour, but you can still put out whatever the fuck you want whenever you want. Yeah, absolutely. You you, you have distribution now. It's it's called streaming. Yeah. Right. I know there's still people that want 
physical music, that's fine. I don't. But honestly, like, nothing ever dies. So everything now is coming back. And the reason why everything's coming back is because anybody can do it and they could put it out on their own. Now, back then, there were bands that were like, oh man, they, they get picked up because whatever their sound was was hot, or they tailored their sound because it was a certain fucking thing, and they might not have even wanted to play that fucking style, but in order to get their foot in the door, they had to. Yeah. And so you do that thing, and then all of a sudden, that fucking, the heat from that fucking thing starts to die out, and you start getting dropped from your labels. Yeah. And then you don't have a place to put your fucking music out. So that's when a fucking band would just completely fucking die. And you mm-hmm. either start another band, you know, or, you know, gut through it and just hope fucking something comes around or change your sound or something. But a lot of times what would happen, man, is like fucking either one of the two things, either fucking bands like, you know, Rose Funeral, like all those dudes yeah. just fucking quit playing. Like, dude, I don't even think any of them fucking do anything now. I mean, yeah. but they were young enough to where it's like, oh, I can just get a fucking, I can make actual money. Yeah. <laughs> and I can still play at home, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, Suicide Silence like five years ago when they like just got Eddie were talking about, dude, we haven't headlined the tour in like X amount of years. And the last time it was Rose Funeral, Molotov Solution, Salt the Wound, and Conducting from the Grave. And he's like, and none of those fucking bands are around anymore. You yeah. know? So that was the big thing. Every band has like a huge, ex- excuse me, every scene up to a point had a big explosion. And then Molotov there would only be a solution. few. That's yeah. a name I haven't heard in I mean, forever. they are back, but like. I still listen to them all the time. Yeah. But that's, yeah, there's always, well, until it becomes a genre. Yeah. There's always these ones that fucking stay. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of other ones that fucking fall by the wayside. I mean, how many thrash bands from back in the mid 80s just never really. I mean, you know, even fucking bands like. Um, Oh man, what was that one that I used to listen to all the time? Like fucking mm-hmm. Cryptic Slaughter? But no. Oh, but that, that's like crossover. No, it wasn't that one. It was, uh, well, like Nuclear Assault disappeared for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Testament went away, Exodus went away, uh, Death Angel went away for a while. Anybody that wasn't the Big Four went away for a while. Like, like, they talk about like peaks and valleys with eras. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, Testament kept putting out stuff, though. Yeah, but I mean, like. Flotsam and Jetsam was still putting out stuff. You just weren't hearing really? it. Oh, dude, they have tons of albums. Like, go through their catalog. It's like every fucking. Two to four years, they're putting out an album. Yeah. They never stopped putting out albums. Yeah. Testament didn't stop putting out albums. I mean, you had albums like Low, you had Demonic, you had fucking The Gathering. Oh, that's when I got into like they gathering. they kept fucking putting out albums. But dude, I'll tell you right now, Low and Demonic, they were never they weren't charting anywhere. No, no, you no. never saw it on MTV. They, they, but they were able to keep doing things like that. But there's some of those fucking bands. God, there's this one fucking band they had. I cannot think of the name of it. I don't want to look it up. But there was a lot of those lower tier fucking thrash bands, you know, that really just got dropped. Yeah, yeah. dude. Also, that was the trip. Was I was on a, a Skin Lab kick recently. I know I always listen to Money Boys, but I was on an extra kick because I saw them live not too long ago. And I always heard about, like, he was in this band. Steve from Skin Lab was in this band. Um, Defiance? Does that sound right? Baby? I have no idea. Anyways, so, I mean, like, it's like you talk about the dudes that are really into thrash as a genre, and I just like a lot of it just sounds like fucking C tier Exodus to me, man. I don't understand. But like, like you know, I guess if you're into a thing, you're into a thing, right? That's the whole idea, right? And this will come up again in the grunge episode, dude. That's what a genre is. A genre isn't a genre unless you have those bands that are filling it out, right? So, I mean, but there was a you lot. Because I mean, those. if you're saying like only the fucking first four bands that came out with it are the true fucking thrash bands or the true grunge bands or the true, 
tr the true death metal bands, then you wouldn't have any genres, and you'd only have like fucking probably like 164 bands ever. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, a good that, th that's how genres are made. Yeah, I just like when it comes to thrash. But there's always a big four of everything. Yeah. You know, like if you look at the big four of fucking metalcore or fucking the new wave of American heavy metal, if you want to call it that, right? I mean, you're talking what Killswitch Engage, Lamb of God. I would put Shadows Fall in there, and I'd probably put who else is in there. I don't know. I'm trying to think who gets that. Because I mean, spot. honestly, I look at it like this. Probably dude. all that remains. Eh, maybe at a point. Because I mean, for me, for me, it looks like it looks like this. Like Lamb of God is clearly like the Slayer of the fucking of those bands. Killswitch Engage would be like the Metallic of those bands. I mean, they probably got the biggest out of all of them. And then, I mean, not just because their guitar player went to them, and not because they kind of sound like them on Art of Balance, but you know, then the singer, some of you know, some of Brian's vocals sound like if Joey Belladonna was like, oh, angry. Thought, yeah, okay, I thought you were going somewhere <laughs> you know, else, but yeah, okay. but yeah, I mean, they were clearly the fucking Anthrax of the group. Now, who would be the Megadeth oh, of the group? Shit. I don't know. It would be Megadeth, or it would be all that remains, all that remains. because of fucking Phil coming from um, Shadows Fall. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. If fucking we're going line that there. logic, yeah. yeah, they had the good solos. Yep. Yeah. It they they came up in retaliation because that was the trip. Was he got fired from um, mm -hmm. Shadows Fall because well, yeah, he yeah. wanted to go in a different direction yeah. and fucking share. And he, well, he already had a side project that he was planning on doing, which was All That Remains. Yeah, yeah. And I like the fuck. I like the idea that the band name All That Remains. Like this is all that remains of this. Of the <laughs> so, <laughs> these are all the people left over. Yeah, we're, we are the we are the remains of of all of this stuff, you know. And like, but I mean, there was dudes like fucking because you know Seamless came out and they weren't. Obviously, weren't a metalcore band, but right. I remember for a long time, like, what does what does fucking P. Cortez do now, man? Like, what's P. Cortez? What's Jesse do? up to? Oh, yeah, what's fuck. Jesse? And I heard Seamless. I'm like, oh my god, like this is it's fucking amazing, fucking like, bluesy, bluesy jams, oh, man. So fucking good. So yeah, like yeah, okay, yeah, they would be the Megadeth of the fucking thing. And I mean, yeah. like that was. There's always the big four of whatever, right? Yeah. There's the big four grunge, big four of thrash, big four death metal, big, big four, four new metal. Sarah, if I can. Oh, I wonder what that would look like. Well, Another episode, but yeah. now I'm curious. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll have to figure that one out. But yeah, like, then you have to have everything that fills it out. Mm -hmm. And obviously, yes, the fucking more, the longer it goes on, either the weirder it gets or the fucking, you know, yeah, if. If you, it depends on how big your scope is. If you have a big enough scope, you will find a lot of terrible bands in every genre. Mm -hmm. Like that's just bottom line, you know. And and so it's like, well, if you tighten that up, then you know. And it's like, okay, yeah. If you don't fucking like them, you just don't do them. Now, the weird thing I've always thought about metalcore when we say it's a blanket genre, like deathcore is a blanket genre where. I think death metal is a specific fucking genre. And then you have even more specific when it's like tech death and stuff like yeah, that, right? Yeah, brutal death, tech death, funeral you know, so, fucking, yeah. So you have, you know, and obviously the macro is metal, right? That The macro is just metal, mm -hmm. and it holds all of it. Yeah. But those blanket genres mostly, to me, would be metalcore and deathcore, and that's because it's the catch-all for well, new metal, too, to some degree. And the reason why is because it's the catch-all for all the stuff that doesn't fall into regular metal. Yeah. Or a specific genre like death metal, or a specific genre like thrash metal, or to some degree glam or hair metal, or what everybody wants to call that. Those are, they are specific. You have to sound like this in order to be this kind of a band. Uh, to some degree, power metal, which is just normal metal. On crack. <laughs> okay. Hyper metal. Point taken. Hyper metal. <laughs> so, so point no, actually, actually to, to kind of add to that point, 
the the term catch all metal there's one band that when whenever you think of just like oh what what is a metal band there's one band that i think is the best representation of just straight up metal and you guys may or may not agree with me on this but machine head when when i think just straight metal machine head that could be one i go to priest and that, and like I would say some people go to Maiden, but like when I, I go Priest, especially I'd, I'd say Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. I mean, I, I can think of well, quite a few, from, of them, but yeah, me, Machine Head I would put in there because they're not. Well, for me, like Priest and Maiden is heavy metal. That's true too. Like the term, right. like okay. the actual term heavy. But you. if you just think of like just straight metal, yeah, okay, Machine I can go Head. for that. Like yeah, what yeah. I call regular metal. Yes, because I consider Gojira regular metal. They're not death metal enough to be death metal. They're not. I, I call them life metal. They're not fucking like thrashy enough to be thrash. You know, Machine Head's not thrashy enough to be thrash, even though they came from a thrash mm-hmm. band and they had a lot of those elements. They're not new metal enough to be new metal. They're not hardcore enough to be hardcore. They're not trippy enough to be fucking, right. you know, post. <laughs> Can I just say something real quick? <laughs> the whole post and then fucking X genre. Mm hmm. I'm, I'll say it right me. now, fucking fight me. That is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard yeah, in music journalism. And all you music journalists that are saying that, any of you, I don't give a fuck who you are. You want to work for Metal Hammer? Don't care. You want to work for fucking Metal Injection? Mm. Don't fucking care. If you use that term, you are a fucking idiot. Especially. You're a post-journalist is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> Especially. When you're talking about a fucking genre that still is going. But yeah, it's post-hardcore. Yeah. Bitch! Fuck They're off. still hardcore. How is it post-hardcore? Well, it's okay, the that was, stupidest that was, fucking... It's, it's lazy. It, but, that's okay, what it is. It's but in fucking the case lazy. Of post-hardcore, there was a thing to that. It's because that's what Ian Mackay was doing after hardcore because he wanted to distance himself from hardcore. So I understand that. Call However, it something else. Quit being lazy and make a fucking name for it. Because that's the thing. You're implying that fucking hardcore was a specific point in time and not a genre of music. Well, I mean, if you talk to a lot of those guys, and I completely disagree with the sentiment, but like like those guys that made that American hardcore documentary that it ended after after Absolutely. Um, they're 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 like, well, the fucking scene fucking quit. Bitch, the genre kept going. Yeah, I didn't get Fuck your stupid fucking scene. The genre is still there. I literally just saw something yesterday that called a band post metal. Which band? I don't remember. (laughs) I was too busy rolling my eyes and laughing my ass off. (laughs) Like I couldn't fucking believe. I was like, what the fuck? That's again. That's the. It's lazy and it's it's just complete fucking stupidity. Come up with something. Do your fucking job if you're gonna be good at it and come up with something. You know what I mean? Because be there should be some kind of creative creativity in what you're doing, not just regurgitating fucking bullshit out of someone else's mouth that you just right. interviewed, right? Fucking that's what those. Old, that's the difference between bloggers now and fucking old reporters back with Rolling Stone and fucking Metal Edge and Rip Magazine. Those dudes fucking came up with shit. They were creative with the writing. A lot of the fucking shit now, I'm like, wow, you might as well just fucking written re- like rewrote the Wikipedia. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, this is the lamest shit ever. And then there are some that you read those little blogs, and you're like, okay, this is fucking cool. Like, this is a, someone really took the time to fucking write this out, right? And then there's those other ones, mostly the big ones, you know, the same that, uh, we won't get into any of the awards or anything like that. But 
I don't want to put anybody on blast too well, fucking hard. Well, but, hey, I mean, if, I'm challenging every fucking guy. I mean, they're probably not even going to listen to this, but I'll challenge any fucking music journalist right now to be creative. And if you already are, you know you are. So hear me out on this. What if the band that they were talking about was a UPS-themed band? It would literally be post-metal. <laughs> they don't work for the post office. <laughs> we have to figure something about They would be parcel metal. <laughs> They're the United Parcel Service. That's true, too. Not the postal service. So postal if they work for USPS, then you could call yourself post-metal. What can Brown do for you? Or if you were a bunch of fucking what, fence builders. What can Brown do for you? <laughs> if you were fence builders in your off time, you can be post-metal. That's fine. Yeah, or yeah. post-hardcore, post-punk, yeah. or whatever. Or I just really think like it's tentacle. fucking lazy. It's stupid. I can't fucking stand it. Again. And you know what, man? It's just my it's just my fucking thing. Oh, I hear you. It's, you know. Yeah. So, anyway... Back on the track. We're going to talk about blanket genres, and, yeah. and and that's the thing. It's like it becomes a catch-all because at this point, almost starting with new metal, I think new metal was kind of the first one that really got this going, but really blending a lot of different fucking yeah. things. Yeah, not just blending two two or three it's, things, uh, blending a lot yeah, of fucking new stuff. metal because that, that was when people were like. That's that's when a bunch of the metal kids were starting to be like unafraid to be like, yeah, I fucking listen to yeah. rap too. Yeah, exactly. I listen to I also listen to other shit that's not metal. Yes. Yeah. New do new metal kind of pioneered. It's well, okay it just made to it have okay. other influences. Yes, it made it okay. Yeah. I I think with metalcore cuz metalcore is the same fucking thing, man. You have this big boom, then you have a peak, and then you have all of these bands that just kept doing it. Mhm. And you had new bands coming up. And the, now the difference is you don't have to fucking hear those bands and they're not shoved down your throat because we have streaming and we can literally listen to anything. Yep. You don't have to listen to anything you don't want to. So it's not as shoved down your fucking throat. Any one genre is not shoved down your throat. And that's why I think bands like Miss May I or Devil Wears Prada or fucking even, even some of these new... I mean, I, I of mice and men, Amity Affliction, um, Polaris, and fucking, you know, some of these metalcore, any you know, melodic metalcore, which is just a weird term to me. Yeah, yeah. you know, Fire but from I mean, the gods. But yeah, you have these bands that are still able to do what they're doing, and they're doing fucking great. I jump on fucking Twitter and tell me Polaris isn't the most overhyped band on the fucking planet right now. Jesus fucking Christ! I listened to the whole album. It's nothing to write home to mom about. But fine, if that's your fucking band, that's your band. And you should champion that fucking band as hard as you can, dude, because there's so much stuff out there. Champion the shit you like. That's what's going to keep that band going nowadays. MTV's not going to keep that band going. The radio's not going to keep that band going. You on Twitter, you on Instagram, you on Snapchat, that's what's going to keep that band fucking going. Only also, you go can to their fucking forest fires. Only you <laughs> can keep metal alive. No, I. <laughs> Smokey, <laughs> Smokey the Dragon. <laughs> well, but I mean that—that's what's gonna keep it going. Like, and go to the shows. Like, fuck, go see a fucking concert, buy, buy a, a fucking shirt. Yeah. Like, and if you're not gonna buy a shirt at their shows, do buy it on their fucking indie merch store cartel. or, or their band, know, the big band cartel camp. or band camp <laughs> or fucking what, their website directly. Do your part, man, because there's so much fucking shit. There's always been, aside from like the '60s and '70s. Once the 80s came around, man, that's when like all of a sudden there's like a lot of bands 
Yeah. You know, and but in the '80s, it was harder to find them. And as time goes on, it's so much easier now. It's almost too easy to find them. Yeah, you're fucking hearing about new shit every fucking day. I could barely even listen to Shadows Fall this week. Yeah, I was like, oh, right. uh, ah, the shit came out yeah. yesterday, and I want to hear that too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, also, it's like you don't have time to listen yeah. to all the fucking well, stuff. Also, like the band explosion of the '80s had to ha- also had to deal with uh, the cost of gear was getting cheaper. Absolutely, and recording. Yeah, cost the cost of, of recording. Yeah. And as I mean, that's even it's, it's and, as and, cheap as it's ever been. But now. that's but that that's also why it's there's so much music out nowadays is because the access is growing. Like yeah. streaming, would, we can do whatever the fuck we want. In the eighties, it was a lot harder to find music, but instruments were getting cheaper. Good gear was getting cheaper, and a bunch of shit was coming out that was making it easy. So that's why we have the big metal explosion of the eighties. Like all the different subgenres is because gear was being way more available. It wasn't fucking at the time. It wasn't a thousand dollars to buy a fucking Les Paul. I mean that's that's the fucking thing, and it's like, well, now yeah, yeah, you have the big boom, and then that's not even that's only counting metal. That's not even counting like all the other fucking genres. It's like, right, dude, yeah. there's so the, much music to the, listen to the, that it's, the like, genre, it's almost hard. The genre that I would say has benefited the most from the technology boom is fucking rap. Like, hands down. Oh, easy. Because it's... A lot of people are going to fucking string me up for this, but rap is the easier one to create just on computer. It's the easiest one. You can literally do everything on the computer. Oh, dude, I've produced three rap albums doing all the beats for all of them. Yeah, just clicking your mouse. Just clicking your mouse. That's it. I never touched a fucking actual instrument, and the whole reason I was doing that was because I quit playing in metal band i quit playing metal and i still wanted to make music i just wanted to do it by myself and the only way to do that was to do rap stuff because i don't really now had i known that that synth wave shit was a thing i would have been doing that and but i didn't know that was a thing and it started off making instrumental rap beats then i found these kids that wanted to buy them so i was like all right cool now they're rapping now i'm doing their album now i just you know a couple years ago i saw that they have amp simulators yeah. And the drum programs are just insane, ridiculously good. And a lot of the people that are doing their recordings, at least the stuff I listen to, when, even when they do record with an actual drummer, it sounds like a fucking drum program. Because They've been doing the that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been around for a long time, dude. Like, yeah. listen to some of those songs by the cars. That doesn't sound like a real drums. It sounds right. like a fucking drum machine. So yeah. that's not a fucking new thing. But, yeah, dude, like, it sounds like fucking real drums. I'm like, okay, now... I've been saying it for a while. That's a project I want to get going. Of course I want to get it going. Now I can make a fucking band without having to deal with a band or without having to deal with band members. I can just do it all myself because I can play all the instruments. It's like, ah, fuck it. Or you know what? If you can't play all the instruments, send your shit out to someone who can. Yeah. You know, some you know, like there should be more collaborations. There should be more of this. There should be more of that. But I'll tell you right now, easily, easily rap is one of the easiest styles of music to create. It just is. Techno might be close. Yeah. And it's just but, because you don't have to have, you, it doesn't require a whole lot of changes. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can have the same techno beat, the same overall beat playing through the entire thing, throw different melodies, a couple different melodies on top, you're fine. Rap, same thing. You can keep the same beat the whole way through it, change up a little bit of the fucking synth stuff on the high end, you know, keep the same bass line, you're fucking good. You don't have to do that much. That's why I mean, we've said before, man, pound for, fra- pound, for pound, I'll take fucking metal over anyone 
any other kind of music, even fucking jazz. I'll take fucking metal, pound for pound, the most talent yeah. in all of music, dude. Yeah. You know, so... Jazz, I don't know where jazz, we're going with that. Jazz would be a close, <laughs> yeah. Jazz would be a close second. But. I mean, when they combine the two, fucking forget it, dude. Yeah, fucking, because I'll say... Animals as leaders? Like, fuck, dude. I'll yeah, say death metal, and I'll say death metals. If, if you want to, I'll put death metal pound for pound on any fucking subgenre. Easily most talented yeah, people. Yeah. Look at look at fucking Beneath the Massacre. Like, go up against a guitarist that can shred like that for fucking five minutes a song. Oh, but they can they play something with feeling and it's like I'm pretty sure those the dudes The feeling's can, called anger, bitch. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those dudes can play fucking a hard day's night. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. Don't act like the Beatles were that great. <laughs> anyway, oh, that might shit. I mean, I'm gonna have to cut a lot of this stuff out because we're like, getting way off track. Yeah. But I'm liking where it's going. I just don't know where it's going. I know. I'm with you, man. It's it's a precursor to the Kill Switch episode, to the Metalcore episode. This is the prelude. That's what we want to put put a pause on it real quick. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get into Metalcore here. Yeah, because it's going to be expanded upon so that we don't have to. When we get to a Kill Switch engage, or a fucking Lamb of God episode, or a fucking uh, even all that remains, or Parkway Drive, or we can kind of skip past most of that and we can just yeah, talk yeah. about those bands. You know what right. I mean? On that note, let's get into the individual players, man. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Brian? It seems like the obvious one. The Bob Marley of metal. Yeah. Man. <laughs> what an interesting <laughs> contrast, dude. Like, like he's all about like, you know, self-reflection and spiritualism and philosophy and all that. But he's also, I mean, like, like let's get into the sound in general. Lyrically, they get into a lot of that stuff. But then they're also about party and stuff, you know what I mean? And just being yeah, they, of, of the the metalcore era, they were known as the fucking crazy bus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is saying something considering a lot of those other guys, right? Uh, even stylistically in their music, we talk about flat or flash thrash being like the primary thing, but obviously touches of you know death metal, whether it be melodic or regular, uh, hardcore, a lot of glam metal. In, in interesting places and just like rock if you want to just call it rock there's there's rock sensibilities yep. all but over yeah, the place yeah his little grimy yelling vocal that the it hard, is his rock the, vocal the, the like hardcore yeah. shout yeah. it's like hardcore shout slap it, but it's also like fucking he called like it yelling in key Rob Flynn yeah he called type it Headfield meets he- old yeah, Headfield meets New York that. hardcore like, yeah it's, he's got all that and then that like but he also has the fucking like he's yeah. got the fucking like he's, the, got he's got, got that sort of thing scream, too, dude. He, yeah. he does he not scream. do any of the clean vocals? No, he, he does. does. Some, yeah, but yeah. I was gonna say, dude, because like I, you can tell when it's Matt singing, yeah. right? Well, and the, there's another voice in there that like you can you can tell it's Brian singing. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that was the thing, dude. Watching some of that live footage, I was like, oh, some. I, I thought some of the parts were reversed as to who was singing, you know. And then apparently John did some of the clean singing too, but only yeah. in little spots. Yeah. And apparently he stopped doing it after a while just because he wasn't enjoying it anymore. Uh, but, I mean, even even John's little backup scream, it was, like, kind of reminiscent of, like, Jeff Walker and Carcass Yeah, it's and like Carcass or, like, uh, kind of death. Yeah. And then uh, Matt. You got the fucking growls on point, he's dude. He's got, I would, I, as much as I love Brian, I would say he's, like, actually just, like, quality-wise better, dude, like, as far as what yeah. he can do. But, but in terms of, like, distinctness and whatever, mm-hmm. like, what stood out with Shadows Fall to me the most is ju- just Brian's default, like, aggressive, like, hardcore shout. Yeah. It was, it's the, in my opinion, it's the most heavy 
of all the the new wave of American heavy metal bands. I can like see it's that. it's the most guttural, the most deep. It like, reminds me of mo- a lion, dude. Yeah, it's the most intense. Yeah, and like Jesse from Killswitch on Alive, just breathing. His shit was rad, but it's kind Bri- of thin. Yeah, but Brian's Brian has the most intensity in terms of straight up. It's, yeah, his vocal vocally, he's the most aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's the most. He sounds pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know what I mean? Where Randy can go deep, sounds awesome. You know, fucking Howard and Jesse. But you know, they have the singing and they have the fucking big cougar screams. Right. And they're very good at those. But like they don't sound angry. Right. With Brian, you can tell that he's literally yelling. Yeah. He <laughs> shakes on stage yeah. when he's when he's performing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's the difference between someone sitting in their room or in the vocal booth going, ooh. Yeah. And right. someone going, ooh. Like yeah. that. Like yeah. he, he sounds like he's he would be loud. Yes. On a mic. If 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 you're not amplified and it was just him screaming, his scream in a room versus Howard screaming in a room, he sounds like he would be louder in volume, just straight volume yes. than any of those other dudes. Like for yeah, sure. Absolutely, yep. man. I've always loved his vocals. I know a lot of people. Yeah. It's weird. I know a lot of people that don't like Shadows Fall, and the main reason is Brian Ferris' vocals. And I was really? like, wow, that's really fucking yeah. weird. Yeah. Man. The singing or the screaming? All of it. Or up? Yeah, okay. All of it. I was, I was kind of surprised. Now, one of the dudes that doesn't like he doesn't like hardcore stuff, and that's why right. he doesn't like hardcore stuff yeah, is the vocals. Enough. And so I'm like, okay, I get that. That dude didn't seem that weird to me that he didn't like Shadows Fall. It was just a couple of. You know, a couple other friends where I'm just like, wow, I thought this would be like right up your alley. Yeah. You know I tried to mean? get a lot of people into him that that like Metallica. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? This is fucking modern Metallica. And then like, it's only years later that I'm like, yeah, the screaming and the double bass and some of the overall intensity might be too much. I mean, okay, yeah, it's it's a bit heavier. Yeah, but like the reason I say they're Metallica level thrash is because like, well, we'll just go into it, man. John and fucking Matt, like. Yeah. They're fucking awesome on guitar, and it's fucking Riff City with these guys, man. They got riffs for fucking days, dude. So you you asked this during the, the, or you mentioned something similar along these lines during the Soil Work episode is uh, with, like, Soil Work, the thing for you, it's the choruses. Like yeah. that's what about, what if, what is the thing that defines Shadows Fall for you? To me, uh, well, to me, it's it's the riffs. It's fucking riff fucking city. I mean, they... Well, so this is the other thing that reminds me of Metallica with them. The way they put the songs together. Everything is super cohesive, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. they... And, and they don't necessarily... Because their songs aren't as long, so they don't necessarily ride those transitions out as, as long as Metallica does. But the way everything really seamlessly fucking fits together, it just works so well. They're, they're very song-oriented, I feel like even yeah. because a lot of bands have a ton of riffs, but yeah. they kind of jump from riff to riff. Where these guys, like all the riffs, make sense going into the next riff, and, right. or if they bring something back at the end of the song that was at the start of the song, that's all just comes down to fucking songwriting. And they're very, very good fucking songwriters, you know. And then I mean Brian Ferris lyri- lyrically, like I always thought these guys were one of the more positive ones, but he is on kind of like the fucking jaw tip a little bit, you know. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. The, you know, the, the reggae fucking thing, like yeah. So yeah. there's definitely fucking that. But man, like Matt and John specifically, like the riffs that they fucking do, and I mean also like their fucking solos. I don't yeah. know if both of them. So I think only John. only John, right? Only John. And he, I mean, he's a fucking uh, awesome fucking yes soloist, dude. Like. 
Again, he is the fucking guitar player that Anthrax needed for a yeah. long fucking time, dude. Yeah. He's so fucking good. It's ridiculous. And he's got such a distinct style, too, that you can yes. tell when it's him with Anthrax. It's so weird to hear and, that together. You're like, whoa. And I, I it's because I'm, I'm a player of, of this brand of guitar, so I have a hard on for any kind of former or current artist, but dude was fucking the signature artist for Washburn for the longest time. Right. Same with Dimebag, Ole England, fucking... Nuno Bencourt, Exactly. But another thing with these two guitar players that I really fucking loved was I remember back when I was with Difficult Henry and, you know, we were trying to get... I I mean, bands before that was just, you got your gear, you hope it's loud enough and you just go for it, you know? And and with, with Difficult Henry, because I was... I had to buy another amp. The amp I had was not enough. Like, it just it couldn't fucking ha- handle anything. I had to buy another amp, and I was looking into... I basically was looking, like, how do, how do you buy an amp, right? And and I kept seeing the word tone, so I was like, okay. And I, I started getting into more fucking tones and what is good tone, what is bad tone, and what, as far as what people consider it, right? I remember seeing an interview with these two, and they talked about, you know... You because the the interviewer said something about their they have a unique kind of tone because it's not hyper aggressive, right? It's so, very low distortion. Yeah. So they talked about, but it's very specifically clean. fucking yeah. drop the gain down, yep. bump your mids up, drop your bass out a little bit, let, and their main key was let your bass player do his job. Okay. Yep. If your bass is up too much, you're gonna wash him out. Something has to give, and chances are they're not going to turn down your guitars. They're going to turn down your fucking bass, and that makes your bass player almost irrelevant. Let your bass player do the job. Drop the fucking bass out. Pump up those mids a little bit, dude. Fucking let your fucking notes be heard, not just the distortion be heard. And when I was looking into buying an amps, that's kind of what I went by. And I got in a. I remember being in an argument for years. Not a, not a nasty argument. Just, just a general argument with my singer because he, one of the problems, he, not problems, but one of the reasons he didn't really like Shadows Fall that much was because the stuff that they're playing, he thought is heavy stuff, but they don't play with a heavy sound. See, and that's I was why like, I love them. I was like, yeah, so that comes back to that not cranking the fucking game right. up and letting your notes of your guitar be fucking heard. And that's when I say Riff City with this band versus Riff City with like you know maybe another band that has riffs for fucking ever. A lot of that's because a lot of those bands that have riffs forever with the fucking super high gain, you can't even tell what they're playing. Yeah, Shadows Fall and Soil Work is the same kind of thing. They turn the gain yeah. down so you can have the note clarity. And distortion is a is a is a dynamic effect. So depending on how hard you pick. It's gonna change the, the how much distortion or how much gain is gonna be pushed through your amp. So the trick is turn distortion down and just pick really fucking hard. James Hetfield approach. Come on, just pick harder. Like be more proficient with your with your playing. Like get your note clarity, get your smoothness down, and then just pick harder. And well, yeah, because there's there's some bands where they right. right? But can you tell that they're doing right? Right? You can't even fucking tell they're doing that. They might as well just be fucking hitting one note and just because you can hear the picking, obviously, and you can hear the rhythm of the fucking right hand, but you can't hear the notes on the left hand. And so it's, I mean, at that point, it's like, well, why not just hold one note and go right? I mean, it's hard to do because I even just pitched it right there, right? 
it, but if you want people people to be able to tell that you're doing da 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 da, then you have to drop the gain out so they yeah. can hear those fucking notes. Right. And it's something I always loved about them. And one thing I did like about this band, it also the fact that their guitars aren't necessarily heavy sounding, it makes what Brian is doing on vocals sounds so much more aggro, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because he is what's making that fucking song I, I, heavy I, as fuck. I would I would say it's Well the heavy parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a toss-up between Brian's vocals and then their gratuitous use of fucking hyperspeed double bass <laughs> in a time where that wasn't a common thing. Mm-hmm. No, Bittner, okay, so let's just get on Bittner real quick, man. Bittner mm-hmm. is a fucking drum. I think he's one of the most underrated drummers in metal. He yes. is, which is weird considering he was on the cover of all the magazines and voted the best when they were at their peak. Did he play know? with Ozzy at some point? So I was, I always thought he played yeah. with Ozzy for a little Something while. Something like that. A lot of people. But I know he was, he got like best drummer in the world for like 2005 or whatever. Yeah. See, that's a, yeah. okay. So that's a weird thing with this band. Like I had no idea that they got that big. They they've been nominated for Grammys twice. Yeah. They, they, I was like, what? Uh, supposedly, if this has changed, I don't know. I'll look into it. But supposedly, War Within is still Century Media's highest uh, selling album ever. See, I'm not surprised on that. That's a great. Great, great album. Yeah, but that was when they were at their like fever pitch too. Like that's when you know shit was peaking, and uh, supposedly nobody else has been able to beat that just because album sales were already well, in sure. decline. But I mean, uh, yeah, I I had no idea that they were that big. I didn't know Bittner was winning things. I've just yeah. never. When you're talking with metal people, oh, don't you do it, cat. And oh man, pause. No. <laughs> All right, atmosphere. Uh, Jack just puked. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Pukey Jack, and he's all staring. I guess he doesn't like Jason Bittner. Even he underrates him. <laughs> but like, I just when you're talking metal with metal people, man, Bittner's name doesn't come up a whole lot. I mean, he's a fucking amazing drummer, man. Absolutely, like he's yeah. so fucking good. And yeah, he adds a lot of fucking aggressiveness and a lot of heaviness to this fucking band. Because he does a lot of fucking stuff without really overplaying. He's just a pretty, he's a really busy drummer. I mean, especially with the kicks and whatnot. Yep. But he changes up the beats a lot too. And he's really good at like hyping it up and then dropping it out. You know, uh, I mean, probably most drummers are pretty good at that. But I feel like most drummers are really good at dropping it out. They're not as good at hyping it up. Right. But like he's really good at fucking getting you hyped up for that drop, dude. Like that, that spot, man. And he really brings a lot of fucking groove. Paul Romanko is a Paul. Yeah. yeah, I think he's massively underrated fucking bass player because I think the song "What Drives the Week" <laughs> like his his bass solos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that song would be nothing without Paul. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. he does so many fucking cool things now. Okay, I'll say this: I think he's one of the fucking. I mean. John Campbell doesn't get a lot of love because he follows those fucking crazy ass fucking guitar acrobatics, man. Yeah. I mean, and he's and he's fucking great, dude. But you can't hear him for the most part because he's kind of doubling the guitar. Mike D'Antonio, fucking a f- yeah, fine bass player, man. I don't think he's anything. You know, he's he's a he's a metal bass player, yeah, dude. He's I, solid. He's, yeah, it's it's like Hall of yeah, obviously he's not terrible. He wouldn't be in the band if he was. But he's again, it's just there's a lot of bass players in metal, unfortunately, that are just not much to write home about, right? But they all do their fucking job. They're like offensive linemen. They do what they need to do so everything fucking goes through. But the standout fucking people, dude, I mean, Romanko's the best of the group. I mean, and Unearth has a lot of weedleys. Their bass player doesn't do a lot of fucking stuff, man. 
But not only do does this dude do a lot of stuff, man, because he yeah. does a lot of fucking stuff. You can also hear it because of the yeah. fucking guitar tone, and it's yep. nice because you can hear this fucking guy. He's so fucking good, dude, as a metal bass player, and not because he's following what the guitar players do. I feel like generally, if you have a if you have a bass player that's following the guitar, it really comes down to what the guitar is doing. And if he if the guitars are doing something fucking completely crazy, like I would consider Campbell, I just I, I've always called him Campbell. I would consider him a great metal bass player, right? Because look at what he has to fucking double. Yeah, like that shit's crazy, dude. And for the most part, he doubles all of it. And then you have the Michael Anthony's of the world, the Ian Hills, you know, that just run on the root note and whatever. And that's fine too, man. Like, and then you obviously you have that whole other fucking You're Steve Harris fucking. You have the other you have the other guys where you have. You know the the singers that are bass players. I mean, yeah. generally Tom you, you're not yeah. there for their bass playing, right? I mean, yeah. Glenn Benton's another one, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, you're not there for their bass playing ability. They're there to sing the fucking songs, and and just they just kind of do what they do on bass, and a lot of times they get buried anyway. Then you have space fillers. Generally, those dudes play in single guitar bands. So guys like Rex Brown fills up space. Tim Comerford from fucking Rage Against the Machine fills a ton of fucking space. Yep. But you also have those other guys, man, that fill space when there's not much space. Right. And it's like those dudes are very few and far between. And Romanko's one of those dudes. Yes. You can hear what he's doing. And you're like, wow, I would not. Yeah. The, who would think to do that right there? Because the war, the war within is, in my opinion, like in, in that era, the best album for bass. Oh, yeah. It's in, a, in that era. It's a bass showcase. It's fucking. I mean, dude, like. If you're a fucking up and coming fucking bass player and you want to hear some fucking metal bass that one you can hear, two he's fucking doing stuff and not necessarily soloing or anything. Right. He's just playing like counter fucking licks to what the guitar's doing and it all works. And yes. it's, you know, I mean and, and you want to fucking hear something like that, listen to The War Within, man. Like it, it'll work for you. Fuck, listen to uh, Retribution, man. Like he's doing the same yeah. thing. Like a lot of people would be doing themselves a disservice by not listening to Romanko. He is that good, dude. And, and I don't know if it's you know him just sitting there playing with those guys going, oh, well, you guys are doing that. I'll just do this. Or if you know maybe it's those guys going, hey, maybe try something like this to counter what we're doing. That doesn't matter to me. He's still playing it. Yep. And it's outstanding, dude. Like One thing that I've loved about this fucking band is like every single person in this band, it's not just we got these solid guys in this standout thing. It's every single one of these dudes are so, if you gave me one word to describe Shadows Fall, I would say proficient. Yeah. They yeah. are fucking technically proficient on all of the instruments, dude. Like, yep. ridiculously good. I think they're one of the more technical ones out of all of the fucking bands. I mean, I know Lamb of God does some techie shit too, but Shadows Fall has a lot of fucking really technical fucking things going on in their fucking stuff. And somehow they still have like the pretty choruses or yeah. the, you know, the little breakdowny fucking kind of thing. And they they somehow manage to fucking mesh all that shit. And I'm just like, man, like, I don't know if they have producer help or what, but Jesus, like, you know, writing songs, complex, but still catchy. Yeah, that's a fucking difficult thing to do. Not everybody can do that. Yeah. Fucking it. He's picking up producers. Fucking A. <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's like Jay and Silent Bob where he's all talking the legalese and Jay just chimes in afterwards. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I'll get into the production, man. Like, 
When I first heard Shadows Fall, I was like, this is what Metallica would sound like right now if they were still with Flaming Rasmussen, you know what I mean? Like, like it had that quality to it. Uh, and it sounded that way from Of One Blood to Retribution, because they were with Zeus for that entire time. Book ended, oh, nope, never mind, Nick Rad on uh, Threads of Life, but Zeus mixed that too, so it sounds like a Zeus record. And then your book ended by um, Adam, Adam D., D. Uh, you know, you're talking about Adam D in the beginning of his career when it sounded, you know, like the beginning of a career in the late 90s. To a really actually good production job on uh, Fire From The Sky, uh, but it's mixed by somebody else, so it doesn't, like, sound Dude, per I se thought, like Yeah, when Adam I D. listened to that, it was only a couple of years ago. Really? I, first time was, I ever heard it. it I, was, I didn't know the album existed. Like, I, Yeah, a lot of people didn't. I, I, I kind of fell out of... You know, with some of those older metalcore bands. Yeah. And I didn't know that they kept going. You know, like, we were originally going to do a God Forbid episode. I had no idea that they had that many albums mm -hmm. after the ones that I had heard from back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, all the remains got popular enough to where you did kind of know that they were still fucking doing a thing. Unearth was one I did keep following because they were one that just kind of stayed heavy the whole fucking time. And mm -hmm. I loved that about them. In fact, I think their last album they were even heavier than yeah, they normally is, were it was easily the heaviest and and then kill switch engage i mean obviously i mean fuck it's it's if you're following anything metal you're gonna hear about those guys yeah but shadows fall was the one that just that disappeared for me and yeah. i listened to fire from the sky like a couple years ago i was like holy fuck like this is a really good album yeah. dude like nothing made my list but same listen to that album yeah. man it's really fucking good and it sounds fucking great the really fucking one I just can't even listen to is Somber, Somber Eyes from the Sky. Yeah, like, same. It, yeah, it's, it's mixed rough. very fucking poorly, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, the stuff Phil's doing is fine, but it's the fact that he's sitting so on top of those on top of the music, it sounds fake almost. Yeah, that's a good word for it, actually. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. Like, there's... It's one thing I've I've always disliked about a lot of fucking, especially first albums, you know, and, and demos. Like, what you listen to the demo, you're like, oh, yeah, like, this is a demo for a reason. I don't need to hear it. Yeah. And one of the main reasons, because if the vocal, if the vocals aren't going to be, like, really inside the music, the only other way that it can be off is if they're really far back. That's the only way that works for me. Think, think ISIS, mm -hmm. uh, Oceanic, and Celestial, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You can barely hear what he's fucking saying, but you can tell he's there. That's the only way. You can't go the other way, where the vocals are the loudest thing, because mm -hmm. like that will just drive me insane. I'm with that. Because yeah. it's it sounds especially fake to me. especially in a band that's as like as you said proficient as this too. It's like you want to be able to hear the music, which is why like the songs that they did uh, that they picked off somberized uh, to the sky and put them on. Yeah, re recorded. To, to re record them. Yeah. yeah. And the ones on Of One Blood, well, not only because it's Brian, but because it has the the Zeus production and everything yeah. just sound way fucking better than the ones on Somber Eyes. That's another thing. Like, these guys, Kill Switch Engage, uh, what was the other one? There was another one that did it, too. I can't remember who did but oh, like, like, as far as getting the... Taking some of their older shit and re-recording oh, it. Oh, Unearth. Like, yeah, Unearth was another one that did it. There's another one you're trying to think of? <sighs> yeah, there was another And it's like... I mean, I might be thinking Winds of Plague, where they did, like, half their fucking EP. Like, half their fucking yeah. full length is their EP. As I lay dying. Yeah, they were, they were another one that fucking did that. I mean... Oh. So it was not well, an hey, Speaking practice. of fucking metalcore, I mean, they didn't come Bullet up... Bullet for but, My Valentine you know, did it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it, it, it's really weird, because prior to this era, like, I, I don't recall a lot of bands doing that. 
you know, hey, we're going to, you know, and putting it on albums as hey, if Breed. it's just a new thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Hey, Breed's another one. Again, right at the same time. Prior to that, like, you know, I mean, in the 80s, I, wonder, I don't remember I anything if, uh, being like, oh, yeah, this was from this EP that we put out. You know what I mean? Or from yeah. a previous album. It wasn't a fucking very popular thing to do. Yeah. And I wonder if it's just because it was yeah. it cost more to fucking record. Right. We talked about Blue Oyster Cult a couple weeks back, right? I mean, off mic, but like how they had like this compilation in 94 where it's modern re-recordings of, at the time, modern re-recordings of all their songs. And it sounded exactly the same to me. Like maybe <laughs> well, I mean, a little better. Right. I mean, I don't, I'm not talking that. I'm talking like literally the album before the album. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, there's, yeah. like, three songs off of fucking the Kill Switch Engage self-titled album that I mean, are on fucking Live or Just Breathing. It's yeah. like, and there's bonus like, tracks, too. So yeah. weird. Like, it happened a lot with right around this time, and now it's just a thing that happens quite frequently with a lot of different yeah. types Perif- of bands. Periphery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, lots of bands do it now. It's just, oh, well, we didn't get the sound we wanted. Let's re-record the fucking song and put it on this yeah. album. It's like, all right, cool. Like, not a problem. Yeah. But I never really heard of that happening until oh, this yeah. until, until this, this movement era. Yeah, yeah, that might be a symptom. Oh, Shai Halud, that might be a symptom of that era too. All right, so the, you know how like the big thing with uh, new metal was was cover songs of stuff from the eighties. Maybe right. that's the metalcore thing. Is hey, we're gonna do over some of these do songs. a cover of our own song <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with better production. Yeah, man. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, fuck. Why not? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm with you as far as like kind of petering out towards the end. Like I always had love for them, but it was just like when they came in, they came in so hot and it was like a fresh take on something that had been done before. So it was like almost a new version of it, you know? Yeah. Well, also, that's another thing I we didn't really get to, but like metalcore by association. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you know, like Lamb of God wasn't super metalcore sounding, nah. you know, but because they all toured together because they were all like the up and coming bands. So they do get on a lot of the same bills and Shadows Fall, especially at the time, because it was such a new, t- as, well, not new take, but because it was so fucking fresh sounding, and vocally it was different than most thrash. Yeah. Let's, I mean, yeah. that, we'll just say that. To me, that's mostly what makes them metalcore is the vocals. Yeah, like they definitely have more of a hardcore. That's why it's thrash style, metalcore to me. Style vocals, like, and they had such. They were so fresh. It was like, well, we don't know what to call this because we can't just call it fucking thrash. We can't just call it metal. Oh, yeah. And so it kind of got lumped into the, well, there's this new thing called Metalcore. Oh, well, they just fucking did a tour with Lamb of God. They just did a tour with In Flames. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll just call them Metalcore, you know? And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, and they're not melodic death metal enough. They're not death metal enough to be considered melodic death yeah. metal. Yeah. Even though the early stuff was more, it leaned more that way. Definitely that Gothenburg sound. Yeah, like, but it wasn't purely that. But either. it wasn't enough to call them that. It was still. I mean, I think the majority of their sound is fucking thrash, and yeah, that's absolutely. why I consider them a thrash band. Yeah. But you know, you know what's funny too, because I'm with you. But like, like that was that to me. I was like, oh, this is the same as the stuff from the '80s. And then the further you got away with it, oh, especially when rethrash became a thing. If from like 2007 onwards like like remember all those bands that were getting booked at the jumping turtle like like yeah. when it was just like here's the most boiled down generic version of thrash and the people that really like that era are going to eat it up and i was like oh no that's the stuff from the 80s that this other thing was really its own thing and it only it took hindsight to really appreciate well no, i mean that, dude know? it's 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 the fucking difference between listening to metallica and listening to the first death angel album yeah, it's yeah. head and shoulders above it. It's 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 so much fucking bad. Like that's what it is to me. It's like 
you know, skeleton witch and fucking toxic holocaust and havoc and fucking municipal waste and warbringer. Those are just they're nothing else. They are just thrash bands. But you get bands like Shadows Fall or but, or newer bands like Revocation that take like the cool unique elements of thrash and they turn it into their own animal. Well, I just think even more simplified than that, they're just better. Yeah. They just do it better. Because they do it better. They sound better. Because they put their their own kind of creative spin on yeah. it rather than just regurgitating that feeling that yeah. the, the 80s exactly. Well, sure. And, I mean, also, I mean, again, coming back to technical proficiency, I mean, these guys are really good. Yeah. And the guys from Revocation are ridiculously mm-hmm. good. And I'm yeah. not saying Warbringer or fucking, like, the dudes from Toxic Holocaust are fucking killer guitar players. But are they at the level of John and fucking Matt? I don't think so. I wouldn't say so. Either. But you know what? They don't have to be. Like, yeah. that's fine. I, I'm not trying to because say that they don't John and Matt it. are also doing their own crazy vocal shit on top of their gnarly uh, riffing. Yeah. But you know what? Going back to that other thing is like, especially when those rethrash bands came out, it was all about the same 80s, you know, aesthetic with the names, the, the, the logos, the artwork and all that. Shadows Fall, Kill Switch, even Lamb of God, especially God Forbid. Then there's a story about that for the God Forbid episode. But they all had their own unique aesthetic, and their artwork was unique to themselves, and their lyrics. You know, they weren't singing about typical what was considered metal shit. Uh, and, you know, coming out of new metal. What? <laughs> Sorry, I thought it's fucking stupid uh, idea. Save it for later. Um, but especially coming out of new metal, it was definitely a return to form for all that stuff from the 80s with the solos and the riffing, you know what I mean? It's crazy to think, you know, soloing like that wasn't a thing anymore in the early 2000s because of new metal. And now there's dudes that took that, and even those guys, that wave of dudes is all, oh, dude, there's dudes that outshred us all day now, you know, with the YouTube guitarists. And we're like, when the faceless became a thing, right. that was like, okay, it's competition time again. You know what I mean? Like, it's so. Dude, when Guitar Hero came out. Yeah, yeah. Which is right around the time War Within came out because, yeah. you know, an honorable mention, The Light That Blinds, like that fucking sweep shit at the fucking start. Yeah. And with yeah. that, with the double kick city, dude, like yeah. fucking. I mean, dude, that fucking song, you know, and I, at the end, just the fucking you hide behind, yeah, coward. Like it's so pretty, it's so proficient, yeah. It was, a but good it's balance. also so fucking like his vocal, like is so fucking heavy. That, that was know? another like, aspect of that era, dude. Was balance. You know what I mean? Shit's gotten so much more concentrated on being heavy, and then if it wasn't, it was concentrated on being more melodic. Not that there's not interplay between the two but like that era was about the balance between the two in a way that to a degree hasn't really been done since you know what i mean god i love the mid-2000s <laughs> right <laughs> that's what this fucking episode should really be called <laughs> give me a time machine or like the power of i and i which is another honorable mention yeah, yeah. like that fucking chunky shit at the fucking start of that dude like I mean, that's some seriously, like, almost fucking slam style. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a gnarly fucking riff, dude. Like, yeah. you know, and then, I mean, that for the most part, that's a heavy song kind of, like, all the way through. It doesn't yeah. have, like, one of the singing choruses or anything. And then another one I will mention, one of the heavier ones, dude, I almost want to say it's probably their heaviest song, dude. War off of fucking Retribution. Mm. Have you listened to that one? Like, dude, this fucking heavy as fuck, dude. Yeah. Like, the thing that will keep them from being heavy... All the way through is that balance where we're just like, oh, mm-hmm. well, we're just gonna throw this fucking like this mellow part in there. The difference between them and some other bands doing that is they they take you to the mellow part. They don't yeah. just all of a sudden like, boom, you know, start. 
Yep. Here's the mellow part. Yeah. No, they fucking call ahead. They fucking make a fucking appointment, you know, mm. and they're like, okay, we're going to be there in five minutes. Oh, we're yeah, exactly. we just turned on and your street. You know, just like- to piggyback <laughs> on, on that same thing. One of my honorable mentions is on war within the ghost of past failures. Nice. They said that was the closest they ever got to being eighties Kings X. So it was just like, because I always thought King's yeah. X Core would be a cool idea. And I was like, well, that's about as close as, as, yeah. as they've gotten, dude. That's the fucking, I am yep. still bleeding. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, that's my number four. Oh, oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Sorry to revisit. Wait, sorry. That's my number three. Oh, fuck. Yeah, sorry yeah. to so, spoil right, right, shit. No worries. No, no worries. but that when that 80s shit kicks in like that, like, mm. and, and just the way he fucking sings that part. Well, well, I mean, all of them are singing that part because, I mean, there's, like, fucking, you know, it's a little bit... It's almost gang vocals, except right. there's, like, they're just gang vocals Harmonized. with harmonies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's but like, they did have awesome gang vocals, You know, too. like, yes. I mean, fucking dude, like, that song... That was one of the ones that... So one song I really didn't like off of The War Within is the one that got really huge, fucking... Uh, what is... What Drives, what drives, what drives the Week? week? Yeah. Yeah. It, it That's just an got, honorable mention just for the did, bass. It, it, just, just for the bass. Well, for sure, but... It just got a little too much in the chorus of that song. I was just like, man, I can see that. And like the video kind of soured me too because, yeah. as the you know, it's the one where the, the camera pans and they're all like hmm. singing like the, their body language in that part is just like, okay, we get it. You're doing a mellow part. Like everybody yep. just fucking calm down. Like, yeah. but I mean, well, yeah, did. that was <laughs> yeah, that was one I didn't fucking like. But uh, yeah, like Ghost of Past Failures. I don't know if it's a big song of theirs or not. Like, but to me, that was just like one that was like, oh my god, like this is sick. Because another honorable mention, dude, their cover of fucking Bark at the Moon, which isn't on oh, fucking Spotify, yeah. which is sad. Go on YouTube, look at fucking Shadows Falls cover of fucking what Bark was at that the Moon. Originally attached to Retribution. A- okay, huh. I have it on fucking MP3 that I downloaded with with Retribution. I was so bummed when it's not on Spotify, but dude, that's so fucking awesome of yeah. a cover, dude. I think that I think it's on the CD version that I have. It kicks the shit out of Ozzy's version. There's some pretty. I good would say no offense, to Ozzy, but I don't mean that. Also, shout out to Strung Out and Integrity's versions of that song too. There's some good covers. Well, if we're getting into honorable mentions, I'll get some out of the way real quick. Threads of Life was definitely a mixed bag of an album it's very inconsistent what you can say about well never mind i'll get to that in a sec there is a level of consistency up to that point and like like threads of life they even say like like the first time brian was on josta it was basically okay here's what went wrong with our career and one of them was they were trying to specifically cater to the mainstream audience on threads of life because they were on atlantic and so you have a very uneven album but there are some Good jams on there, and the first lead single they had, dude, Redemption. I I really enjoy that one. Mm-hmm. That's the only song on that album yeah. I like. I can. That's, I that's an honorable mention. <laughs> I yeah. can't stand that album. Yeah. But it's because it's it to me it's their Cold Lake. You know, like that's what it is. It's them trying to be. It's their swan song from fucking Carcass. Like yeah. it's them doing a version of a radio version of themselves, and it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's the prime example, and it makes sense that they would lead, lead off with that. So having said that, both of my next two honorable mentions are Art of Balance and War Within as a whole, because <laughs> both of them are so fucking consistent. And I thought it was going to be War Within over um, Art of Balance, but now that I look at Art, Art of Balance in hindsight, I'm like, fuck, dude. But you got, obviously it started off with, um, what's the? Idiot Box. No, the first song. That I for some reason yeah. forgot the name of Redemption. No, no. Uh, oh, is that what you just uh, said? No, oh. thoughts without words. Well, the one before that. On the album. The album? On the album. Yeah, yeah idiot box. Thoughts. 
no, no, no. It's Thoughts uh, Without Words is the first song on Art of Balance. I thought it was Idiot. Oh, sorry. It's going to kill me. Thoughts Without Words is the second. Yep. I have it up. It's Idle Hands. Idle Hands. Fuck, why do I keep saying Idiot Bach? God uh, damn it. Because Idiot Bach is... Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. You start off with... It's the I. No, it's the I. Yes. It's Battery. Heavy Thrash Band. Yeah. It's Battery. Well, there's tons of Metallica on there, especially Master of Puppets, because then, like, dude, Thoughts Without Words is sick. Speaking of straight-up Metallica song, one of my honorable mentions, fucking Stepping Outside the Circle. Straight Metallica. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's Whiplash. Yeah, yeah, it's melodic, more melodic whiplash. But like, like, so that's the thing is, if I had to go with one song on that album, I'd have to go "Stepping Outside the Circle" too, because it's like a fucking consummate thrash song. Um, Turn it, stepping. I will outside the circle. I I will say I'm gonna be that guy. I like the demo version more. I guess actually I do too. And I'm not. I'm definitely not a demo guy. Yeah. But for a while there, I actually reburned my Shadows Fall disc and took out the al- album version oh, and, you swapped and put it out. in the demo okay. version. Yeah. I can see that. It's just a little more aggro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but like, but like that whole thing top to back is fucking sick and like, like the top pink to back? F- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're gonna make it work. It's my new thing. Put that in your hashtag. But like, like in the cover sure of um, the metal is top to back. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the cover of Welcome to the Machine by Pink Floyd and their, and their, you know? Yeah, that was good. It's kind of out of place, but it's good. Uh, yeah, that's why that's, it's that's my number five. You can't have a cover on your list. That's my number five. God damn right. it. In sessions. I um, mean, I like rule breakers, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's excessive, Alex. It's, um, well, I guess I'll just jump into that. For it's, it's such an awesome take, but still so true to the original song, but they still do their own Shadows Fall magic on it. Like, in my opinion... Chunks in the beginning. It is the perfect cover, in my opinion. Like, sure, Killswitch with their Holy Divers, fantastic, but this is literally, like, four years before that. Yeah, I'll say it's a perfect cover. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because yeah. it is really fucking good. Dude. Yeah, because it's a cover is supposed to be the artist's interpretation of that mm-hmm. of that original song and down, a lot of people down, just down, re- re-record down, the song down, but yeah, shadows yeah, yeah. fall they add the fucking jit bittner's heavy drums yeah. they add some fucking heavy ass chugs and when they do the synthesizer solos yeah. john fucking throws <laughs> in his fucking leg yeah. and just yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. and matt matt and brian fucking kill it with, as, as fucking roger waters and and, and yeah. fucking david gilmore yeah man so it is. It's hard to argue. So that's why that's why it's my number five. Like it, it has to be mentioned that n- not only do they cover a song, they cover a fucking Pink Floyd song <laughs> yeah. and do it in insane justice while keeping their own band's integrity. Mm-hmm. Like well that, that's why that's why it's my number five. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, As but, a cover, uh, yeah. But like, like War Within, <laughs> front to back, fucking is great too. That's why, why the only I one here gives a shit about the rules. <laughs> that's the next. That's a T-shirt, dude, for sure. Uh, but War Within, I couldn't pick any one thing off. And of honestly, I didn't know I wasn't like allowed to pick a cover. <laughs> really? Uh, no worries. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know covers were ah. off off the table. It's all good. Okay, everybody, dude, email man. Alex yeah. and tell him, give him shit because he doesn't listen to the fucking show. <laughs> Because if you listen to the show, you'll know the rules. Mark it eight, dude. But, um... It's my third time being on it. I think I know the rules by now. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> Technically fourth. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But no, like, like, so War Within as a whole, just because I can't pick any one thing off of it. But you know what? Because we've been talking about it so much. Shout out Retribution, because that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, after Threads of Life, their steam kind of, you know, descended, <laughs> descending steam. And, it's um, like a hard stop. Train hit the fucking brakes. <laughs> yeah, and it's a bummer, because, yeah, I would argue that is their best one. But, like, like the just, you know, the momentum was so gone by that point. Like, like it's one of those things you hear it, and you're like, yeah, but, it's like, the impact's not quite there. But you can tell, you know? It has to be the best one, because you just put out your worst one. That's true, yeah. War Within is, in my opinion, their best one still. I think, yeah, consistency-wise, and, like, like, again, the impact that it had. But, like, Retribution really is underrated, so I'm going to shout that it out. It is. I think the it's only reason really good. I think the only reason people don't consider Retribution their best is because War Within they were in they were in the fucking peak of all of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would have absolutely. If Retribution would have come after War Within, oh, that, yeah. that would have been that would yeah. have been Ride the Lightning into Master Puppets. Now let's let's play alternate history here. Do you think they maintain that momentum? Because I mean, a lot of the problem with Threads of Life, aside from it being very inconsistent album. Is because like they got dicked around with Century Media towards the end of their deal because they wouldn't re-sign with them. So it came out three years after that, you know. So their momentum was stifled a little. But if it's Retribution, let's say in a timely fashion, say 2000, like maybe end of 2005, early 2006. So rather rather than good. Fallout from the War, we get fucking yeah. Because they say Fallout from the War hurt their momentum too. Yeah, and like, like there's a few things, but like. You think they're still, if not at the level, but uh, say a still respectable level to where they are still doing it right now, if I, that happens. If if that happened, like instead of Fallout from the War, we we get that. No threads of life. Yeah. Is that what we're talking? Yeah. yeah. Or if not, maybe retribution later. comes out of War yeah. Within. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think they're still. I, I think they would be on Kill Switch level. So. Yeah. Or at least close. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rest in peace. Sort of. Yeah. Rest in peace, momentum. Because I mean, like, we'll you, you never way. know because Brian does do a few other things. So, you know what I mean? Kids come into play and stuff yeah, like that. You they, know, they, they all got older. What, yeah, like, yeah. Like, look, I mean, look not, at, look at Paul. Paul doesn't even do anything because yeah, he's. They weren't super young. That is true. You know what I mean? Like when they finally hit, because I mean they were banned. What ninety five? Yeah. Is that what it was ninety yeah. five? So I mean they weren't super young, but I mean still like, you know, a lot of those people put off normal life. When you're in a fucking band like that and you're real and you're busy, I mean that's another thing with like all those bands. They were fucking road dogging it hard yeah. back then. Like those guys fucking toured all the time. Yeah, only way it's to, hard to have a normal life like that. I mean that's why a lot of people get out of it. That's the only way they could make a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Like if you know, I mean, but also there was you know Overcast reunion happened yeah. at some point. Two thousand seven. Yeah, give or take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. honestly, like, one way or another, fucking Anthrax was looking for another guitar player. And I, I you know, I, there was something I read, and it was a, it was just a short blurb, but it was something along the lines of, like, the, the guys in Shadows Fall were, there was no danger of John not taking the job. Yeah. But we made it very clear that you're an idiot if you don't take the job. For sure. It's Almost. fucking Anthrax. Right. Don't. And they, like, you have to do it. And I, I love their, I love their take on it because they're, they, they all sa- essentially said, it's like, when John joined Anthrax, it felt like we all joined Anthrax. Right, right. That's, yeah, that's how it is. Like, oh my god, dude. Like, yeah. one of our dudes, like, our fucking boy just got the fucking Anthrax job. Like, yeah. I'd be happy as fuck Hell if yeah, one of my yeah. dudes got... Like, that's sick as fuck. They're, I mean, it is like somebody getting a fucking gig with Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, well, people are like, oh, Jeff Loomis left fucking never. I'm like, he joined Ozzy. Mm-hmm. I don't even like Ozzy. And or I'm like, like dude, Dirk, that's like... Dirk going to Megadeth. Yeah. <laughs> he fuck. I mean, dude... 
come on. I love fucking Dirk Verbeeren, dude. Like, fucking, he brought aborted back from the dead for free. <laughs> but, I mean, dude, Megadeth. <laughs> Are you yeah. kidding me? Like, who wouldn't take that fucking gig? You'd be stupid. Yeah, yep. no doubt. It's good on him, man. Fuck it. You got any more honorable mentions? Oh, I, I, I could name tons, but I don't want to. So Fair we enough. should probably get yeah. into number five. He already said his, yeah. which is... Uh, Welcome to the machine. Look, I almost said war against the machines. Nah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I, I mean, was gonna, I was we'll gonna get say, there. If, the, if Terminator <laughs> theme band wasn't already a thing, I'd say somebody needs to do that. Yeah. No, they could just do about all the shitty sequels. Okay, so we talked about Art of Balance being an awesome album front to back. I'm going with Fire Burns in Babylon, dude. That's a fucking. A fire yeah. I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold out on this one. Yeah, dude, that's a fucking nice song. Yeah, I hesitate to call it a closer because Welcome to the Machines after that, but it's the last original track on there, right? And That's the one reason why I say. When I say Welcome to the Machine is like a, a bit out of place, it's the one reason I say it's not completely out of place. Mm-hmm. It's because it's right after a Fire Burns of Babylon. Because mm-hmm. that's a totally different fucking kind of song. That is, it's the real on, album closer. On that fucking album. Like, yeah. there's. I would say the two kind of s- songs that aren't really with the rest of the album that make it so that it's. It, it's it's cohesive in the sense where it's like, okay, we don't just do this thing, right? They do have a couple songs on there that do that. One's Fire Burns of Babylon, and the other one is The Art of Balance. Because it's yeah. kind of a slower, more of a, a ballady, chunky, like not so thrashy. But dude, prelude, the, prelude leading into Fire and Babylon? Yeah, for sure. Dude, one, you know what's two, even punch. better though? Casting Shade? Fuck. Yeah. I fucking could listen to that all day. Like, yeah. God uh, damn it, that album is so... You know what? I'm saying it right now, dude. <laughs> I do like it better than War Within. It's a really good album. Dude. Yeah, like, man, it's, it's really fucking good. It's crucial, dude. I love it. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think if I ever saw them play it live because I know they had Yeah, if you live. heard... If you were listening to this album like, and it didn't have Welcome to the Machine on there, like maybe it was a bonus track or something, and you heard like, you know, Babylon like at the as the ending track. It's a fucking epic track, dude. Like, you would be totally satisfied. You'd be like, fuck yeah, like that's a hell of a way to fucking end an album. Absolutely, you man. know. And again, it's not one of their heavier jams. It's not one of the thrashier jams. It's just a really fucking good jam. So that's those rocking choruses too. Yeah, you know dude. I mean? Yeah. But like also the trade off with uh, with Matt and Brian in the beginning, dude. Oh Fucking yeah, that is sick. Oh, oh god damn it, dude! Oh, I'm listening to this on the <laughs> way home, dude. Again, I'm 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 refraining. All right, all right, sorry, sorry. I guess on that note, Jason, how about you? Uh, my number five is actually off of Retribution. It's the only one off of Retribution. I like a lot of songs on there. I think it's just because when it came out, you know, yeah, they lost a lot of steam. I lost a lot of steam, and I was into other shit. So it's like, well, obviously, it's not gonna hold a candle to anything when I first heard them because. I was discovering all this new music and stuff, and it was, you know, it's the first time you hear the fucking band, and they did lose so much steam off the of Threads of Life, man. Yeah. Well, not just that, but Fallout from the War, too. It's like, yeah, they, so that even makes it period. a longer amount of time where you're like, yeah. fuck, dude. Like, Fallout from their career. Yeah. Pretty much. Unfortunately. You know what's but interesting? It's the Taste though? of Fear. Which one's that? Is that the first one? No. Okay. No, I almost want to say it's. The it's towards the end, I thought. All right. Yeah, it's the one where it's like, when I see your face, it haunts me. And it's got the little wah fucking distortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But man, the the fucking, in the verse riffs, man, like, you know, it's got the fucking, like, 
Bittner plays like fucking four different beats for the stuff. It's fucking so good, dude. And yeah, I wanted to try and fit in more off of this album, but it was just like, fuck, I just can't, dude. When like, you got everything else that came before that, dude, it's hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though, like, as well, we plus said. Well, plus the tie to it. Art of Balance, like, kicked my ass when I first heard it. Exactly, yeah. Like, I hadn't heard anything like that in a long time, dude. Like, there wasn't any... I, I, I want to know, like, were there other fucking... If there were, I didn't. I hadn't heard them. But where were the fucking thrash bands that weren't already thrash bands Yeah. prior to this? Yeah, man. I, and I think that's the thing. It's they, almost like they're the first one that yes. really fucking came out and was just like, dude, we're doing this again. And it was just like... I had moved on from fucking thrash, sure, because I discovered death metal. And but I mean, when I heard this, it was just like all of the fucking things that I loved about thrash, dude. Except they made it better. Yeah, they made it heavier. Yep, they made it fucking more technical. Mm-hmm. They and made it more they diverse. Made it, yeah, they made it fucking chunky. It sounded better. Like they just really fucking made '80s fucking thrash better. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like yeah. this is what I wanted. All that stuff to be and yeah. it was like fuck they yeah they breathed life into it dude they're so underrated for their impact over the last 20 years oh yeah music, i think they're real. i think they're majorly they really underrated criminal, as dude. well yeah and it's like they didn't drop completely off like like threads of life actually still did really well it didn't that's one of the ones that got nominated for a grammy was yeah. the song redemption yeah man and like like supposedly war within is still their biggest selling one in america but threads of life is actually the biggest selling one in the world and then all the albums after that still debuted in the top 40 so it's not like they completely dropped off like they were definitely you know in downward momentum but they right. kept it going up until they couldn't anymore it was really even when their concert attendance was down they're like well we're still going to do it and it was just brian going okay i'm on kid number two we need to pump some brakes on this thing you know what i mean yeah. They really kept it going as long as they could, and I commend them for that. And they're still working on doing some reunion stuff. They're like, dude, this is the 20th anniversary of Bob One Blood. We need to figure out something for that. So hopefully yep. we'll see something from them soon. Yep. Oh. Even if it's just a few shows. That's good enough. Um, anything else you wanted to add to that? No. I, I got to listen to that one again. The only reason mm. I didn't is just because of time, and I wanted to listen to Fire from the Sky because I just never listened to it, you know? So I, I'm due for a revisit. On that note, number four. Number four, speaking of like proper, proper album closers, uh, Those Who Cannot Speak. Mm, uh, also very good. Final track on The War Within. Yeah. It starts off with that really pretty like acoustic melody and it builds harmony, harmony, and then it hits you with dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Fucking straight up thrash. Like <laughs> straight thrash. Hell and while yeah. they're doing that crazy fucking riff, John, Matt, and Brian all doing interchangeable fucking yeah, vocals over the curse or over the over the verse, and then the it curse. yeah, <laughs> first chorus. Yeah. Um, well, let's just play the verse and the chorus at the and same time. And then they time. do the fucking. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> then it goes into the fucking super heavy like breakdown pre-chorus, mm. and the first time it comes around, like they're doing the the triplet chugging, and Jason on drums is doing like this just fucking. 16th note triplet just and then when it comes back around next in the song just full fucking high speed double bass just to highlight the intensity of it and it's such a good fucking song it really is that is a perfect way to close that out and then the fucking the the slow emotional wah solo in it yeah do you know what that song's about no it's autism Oh shit! For those who cannot speak, because I guess he has uh, nieces and nephews that have autism. So it was a song about, 
you know, trying to, you know, it, the frustration that comes with not being able to convey yourself or whatever. It's an inter- That's what I'm saying, dude. Them especially, but like all the top tier bands really were on their own wavelength about like what they were about and what they were singing about. It wasn't typical, even though, again, they brought back a lot of the typical metal stuff from the 80s. It was all the good parts, but they were taking it in a completely different you know, direction of substance, man. Right. That was a prime example of that. But yeah, I mean, the, the whole package of that song as a closer, and yeah. like the gnarly growl and scream yeah. combo at the end yes. to close it out, it's like the last ringing notes. Like fuck, man. Yeah. So that's 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 my numero four. Yeah, it's hard to <laughs> hard to contest that at all. My number four, also a very inward-looking song, the song "Art of Balance" off the "Art of Balance," man. That's like the most ballady song on there by far, right? Yeah. And it's more of um, it's their it's their sanitarium, you know what I mean? That's it's a full like board so like eighties fucking tune. Yeah, yeah, dude. But like even like the clean guitars sound like sanitarium. Like yeah. like dude, it's like, and again, what they're singing about, it's it's total like, you know, I need to better myself. It's a moment of reflection. It's just like that came at the a time where I really needed it. Of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's emotionally charged, and like when he's screaming, it's that much more potent and like, and like there's something behind it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like fucking, that was that was one of those songs that was there for me when I really needed it in a really rough time. And like I still fucking every time I listen to that, I'm 17, 18 again, just fucking still trying to find my way through life kind of vibe. You know what I mean? It's it's crucial, and I think it's like placement wise in the right spot on that album too. You know, it's right after stepping outside the circle, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, six out of eleven. Yeah, like like it's, it's perfectly pretty much like placed. right in the middle. Yeah, what's the one after that? That one's well, really I guess this doesn't too. show. This thing I'm looking at right now currently isn't showing the two interludes. So, really, interesting. I think casting shades right after destroyer of senses. Yeah, right, that's my yeah. remember. So yeah. it would be the seventh track out of thirteen. Yeah. Still right in the middle. Yeah, I think the the one after that is Mystery of One Spirit, and that flows yeah, into it really well. That's like, such a fucking good song. Yeah, man. I mean, just the way that whole album flows, because then after that, it's um, Idiot Box. He's, well, there's two songs on there that are just consistently heavy the whole time and pissed, and that's the other one. And you talk about yeah. hardcore aspects. That's got one of the best two-step parts, dude, ever. Like that. Yeah, man. So Yeah, but like, like I think I think that's why it's awesome that Art of Balance is in the center of that that album, kind of showcasing a different side and mixing it up and yep. fucking love it Jason you're number four. Oh, I was just saying what are we on <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at number three because I already said mine uh, mine is Eternity is Within from The War Within that fucking like this is kind of like this uh, it's almost like a fucking what do you call it like a, God, who was, a despised icon almost <laughs> like intro yeah yeah you know, but it has. I mean, you want to talk about another fucking? We place the gifts before you, and it's like so fucking Hetfield, yeah. you know, Belladonna, fucking that kind of '80s aggressive vocal right there. But the biggest part is the fucking. But it's like double picking city, like fucking. It's almost like some fucking black metal type shit. Like, oh yeah, fuck, yeah. dude, it's so fucking kick ass. I mean, it's always been a fucking favorite of mine, like because 
Well, it's okay. So I've always had a hard time remembering what the fuck song it is, like because you always hear the other ones, right? You know, it's like fuck, man. Like oh, I'm good. You know, I'm trying to think of that song, and it's like you. It's hard not to think of what drives the weak or fucking lightened yeah. by the cold. And it's like, yeah. oh my god, I can't now. I can't fucking think of it because yeah. once you say those names, they're just in your head. Their shit is that catchy, and it's just like, damn it, dude. Like, you know, for fuck's sakes. And it's back half of the album. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. A, what is it, the second to the last or third to the last song or yeah, something, something like that? Like like, that yeah. I think it might be right after Power of I and I. But That's what I thought, too. I, it is. It's like when you, when you got the songs preceding that, it really is just like like it's sometimes you tend some of those deeper cuts tend to get buried in there and forgotten. Not forgotten, but, but not thought about as much. Oh, man, it's probably one of the more fucking core ones. But I mean, it's got like so many different things going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, you know, I've never really looked at a lot of their lyrics. I was just kind of looking at some lyrics oh, for like for yeah. for those who cannot speak, and I was like, whoa. Yep. I mean, some of them, obviously, you can tell what he's saying. Yeah, you know, right. or sometimes I'm actually just trying to pay attention to what he's saying. But like, for the most part, like I've never really looked at a lot of them. But I kind of feel like I know what most of the songs are. You know, and I mean, obviously, like eternity is within. I mean, pretty sure you know what it's about. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah, I just funny that like I've been thinking specifically about Shadows Fall lyrics and how it's all spiritual and philosophical, and I'm just like, I don't know what he's singing about in Overcast, but I guess it's supposedly pretty dark. And I know Hell Knight, it's like all cheesy slasher horror movies. Well, stuff. dude, the lyrics for Retribution get like that too. Oh, for real? Oh yeah, they're a little bit darker, you know. But I mean. I mean, too. He's got that side too. Yeah, we no talked about art of balance. I mean, yeah, music, that, yeah. That is he's true. got that fucking yeah. side. And he gets it out as well. So it's not all fucking like that. But like, they're pretty positive fucking band. I yeah. like the idea of the eternity is within. But it's just the whole fucking. I, I just like from the intro to the fucking end. It's just there's. It's one of those ones that really has a lot going on. It's m one of the more complex fucking songs, which would probably keep it from being one of the more popular ones. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number three for Alex. Going old school. Crushing Belial. Oh, is that so? Nice. Mm -hmm. Is that your number three? I, it wasn't. Actually, it's I, it's in another place, but it's on there. <laughs> see, it's actually my number two. Yeah. So, fuck it. Nah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I am oh, it didn't make my you. list. It's but hard, I do again, like it. It's hard, man. But I like, do like it. And that was a live staple, dude, for yes. sure, when they played that one. Hoo doggy. So, here's the other funny thing. Uh... I remember the first time I heard it, it was a free sample MP3 on um, Century Media's website, and it stopped at a certain point, and I didn't know there was more to it. <laughs> there's, like, way more. I was like, oh, that's a fun thrash, quick song. When it picks back up after, like, the first, because um, it's not even the chorus, man. It's, like, right. a pre-chorus where it's, and then, like, it picks back up with, that I'd never heard until I saw it live, and I was like, there's, like, three minutes more to this song? What the fuck? Yeah. Alright, I'll take it, just because it's an awesome three minutes, but like, like it's just, it's melodic, It's heavy. it's that right amount yeah, of heavy, heavy. Yeah. And, and then it just like, kind of goes on its own tangent, and they bring you back in, yeah. and it's... Yeah. Oh, especially that, that bridge, dude? Yeah, the kind of off-key vocals that they're doing a little bit. Like, That's what makes it, yeah, yeah, man. Like, especially then, like, that was like, when it was like, this super gnarly raw amount. Yeah. Even their harmonies on that album are like, kind of yeah. off-kilter. Yeah. But it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Don't know what it's about lyrically, but it sounds like well, it, demonic cr shit. Crush, crushing Bilal. Yeah. It, it's about you know, people rising up, like killing ah, the evil part of themselves. I yeah. like it. Okay, yeah. I can dig Belial's that. Bilal is another word for devil. Yeah. That's why I, I went. I took it too literally, and I was like, oh, is this some, like, knights fighting off the devil shit? No. 
which could still work for it, but like, what the fuck? Super cheese bow. I thought that was like, you know, I, was like, I always oh, got the fucking little dude that I'm trashing the demo. Yeah. I'm trashing From, uh, you. Fucking kids in the hall, which they're yeah, bringing back. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, they just announced it. That'll be weird. Yeah. On paper, that sounds cool, and you're like, man, uh, they're really, really, really old now. Yeah. I guess we'll see. And it's a totally different world. Yes. They're probably so, not allowed to say half the shit they want to. Uh, so yeah. so then what is your number three then? My number three is off the same album, and spoiler alert, they're all off One Blood, which caught me completely wow, by surprise. I was not expecting this. Woo. When I really searched it, Alrighty. Like, it was that thing of like, what do I listen to the most these days? It's like Dude, One Blood. Well, when, you, when you shouted out fucking War Within and Art of Balance as a whole, and you had said something, I was like, wait a minute, are you suggesting there's nothing off of there? <laughs> yeah, there's stuff off of... Uh, it was really... I told him I had the songs I just didn't know what order they were going to be in yet and when I really searched it out I was like whoa that's something I wow. learned about myself in 2020 you know because um, I, de- I got war were these uh, favorites back in the day though that's the thing I don't know that they were because they I heard creep? I heard Art of Balance first and then I had to get uh, Of One Blood after that and I was just like, oh, there's it's a different take. It's a way more raw record. Again, like, oh, like yeah. even the production on the original version, it's like thin, but it's a cool. I like. The it's like listening to the, the first, remaster, though. Oh. It's the like listening to the first Kill Switch Engage album. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Ashes of the Wake. Yeah, or not Ashes of the Wake. Uh, As the Palace is Burned. Yeah. It's that same kind of raw fucking. Yeah, but it's not like unlistenable raw like Somberizes right, either. Right. But like when yeah when they remastered it, first it was just three songs on that Greatest Hits album, which I didn't realize. Was a fuck you to them by Century Media for not re-signing with them, and that's also what hurt uh, Threads of Life supposedly is because they had them both at the same time, and they were like, "Wait, which one's the new one?" Uh, and also, it was the greatest hits, but I didn't realize this, and Brian even laughs about it now. Is there the cover is a uh, it's a target, and all the there's holes in it from the arrows that are everywhere except the bullseye, but like even he mm. has a sense of humor about it. But like that was the first place they it was um, it was Crushing Belial of One Blood, and I think it was Fleshhold maybe. Uh, but it was the remastered versions, and I was like, oh my god, this it's like a whole new recording, dude. It sounds up to par with the others, and it sounds amazing. Um, and then they put out the entire record, and I was like, oh, I can't listen to the old one anymore, you know? Which is fucked up, because that's the only one that's on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the exception of those three songs. It's not on YouTube either. I've been... Oh, Christ. Yeah. A lot of that Century Media stuff got scrubbed for some reason. But, like, dude, it makes such a difference, and fucking... Yeah, man. Fucking. Ugh. So I didn't even say what the song is yet, did I? No. To right. Ashes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Somber, that's a Somber Eyes song. That's a Somber yeah. Eyes song, yeah. And you can tell, like, like what songs came off of Somber Eyes and from around that time definitely are a little more mellow death, especially with that tremolo pick and yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the other songs for the album were way thrashier, so you're in this kind of... It's a transition period, you know, for that band that wasn't ever done the same way, for better or worse. But that one especially, it's a little more... I hate to say emotional, but that's what it is. Yeah, it's a lot more somber. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like roll like, credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just plagiarizing everywhere. Yeah, the song. You know, that sense of melody is fucking awesome. And I think that's like the song that's the most like that on the album. It is a pretty all over yeah, the place yeah. album, and it's not the most cohesive album for that reason. Well, if you're that's the thing. I mean, if you're re-recording a bunch of songs from the the album before it, then yeah, it's probably the cohesion is probably not gonna quite be there yeah yeah and that's why i like art of balance and war within as albums more so than of one blood but the songs that are standouts on there man 
I guess shout out uh, Fleshhold too because that's just a fun heavy one throughout, and that was like another somber song. Yeah, it was also like a live staple too, yeah. just because it was you know with the just let me die fucking yeah. Oh, heavy. Yeah, dude, that's that the good time. Sweet, but yeah. no, dude, I, I got to go with two ashes. And even like the Phil one's fun in theory. It's just it got done so much better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they re-recorded it for yeah. a reason. Yeah, man. I it's just that's the good times right there. Yeah. So yeah, going into it, just know everything from here on out. Stuff one blood, <laughs> and that shocked me. Jason, have I just realized I haven't been writing any of these down. <laughs> Good times. Waffles All are right, good times. So what, what is your on? number three then? My number three was goes to past failures. So he's skipping a number two. That's yeah. what we should do. Yeah. Mine your number, number two. two. My number two is the first Shadows Fall song I ever heard off That's of Music Choice, Act of Contrition, off the War Within. Nice. Mm. It starts off with just fucking blazing double bass fucking straight up thrash riff and then Paul is doing this crazy walking bass line that doesn't follow the guitar and what blew my mind is because at the time I'd never heard double bass that fast like that constant intensity speed like so it was just like uh yes I need more of this right now like the next day went out bot war within and then that it's game changer the solo is probably my favorite guitar solo from them. Uh, just this super crazy shreddy thing that he does. And then he has the part two with the wah effect, then tastefully done, no Kurt Hammett bullshit. And I just love how the song, as it you get about two thirds in, and then it just stops. Yeah, yeah. Banana. Yeah. And it's so good. I that like, is an underrated yeah. cut. I mean, since considering the whole album, so, you know, solid yeah. front to back. Yes. Honestly, I saw them play that live. Hmm. So when you, when you were playing it before Don't we started recording, my betrayal. Yeah, I I wanted to say something. I'm like, it's my yeah, number yeah. two. You no yeah, fucking kind of drift alone. Yeah. Yeah. Suspended uh, in shadows. And the squeals, dude. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking Make good. Make Zach Wilde but, embarrassed. Yeah. That's, fucking hell. And then so crushing Belial dip, is your number two. Dip, dip, dip. It's weird. So. It's contrition, right? Act of contrition, yes. Because on Spotify, it's spelled wrong. Well, a lot of stuff spelled wrong on yeah. Spotify. What, what's the comeback kid one I keep going to? The concept says. <laughs> the concept stays. <laughs> yeah, yeah on, on Spotify, it's contriction. Oh. I'm like, uh, now Spotify, they're just making words up. That's I don't think that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> it's those fucking interns, man, at the record label. So then, Jason, what is your number two? Giver of life, and destroyer of senses. Yeah, there we That's go. I invoke. Yep, yep, yep. Oh my god, the first one I fucking heard, dude. Mm. <laughs> Reminiscing them good old days. It's just so fucking good. Yeah, another fun live I'm one. I'm pretty sure, I, I mean, I would be surprised if this wasn't their biggest song. I, I mean, I know they got bigger, way bigger after this. But this was like the fucking song, and and when I fucking saw him live, this was the one that like just the fucking tore the house down. And then to have Randy come out like and do that part, like I mean, fuck, dude, it was just gnarly as fuck, dude. But it's so fucking thrashy, dude. It's to me like I would put this in this and my number one probably. I would put in probably the Thrash Hall of Fame. Just because, like, well, and this one is so, it's so weird because, like, I, mean, I don't know if it's because I saw the video or not, 
But I always, every time I hear the song, man, it makes me smile, and I feel like it's it's a fun song. And yeah. like, it's so weird because that style of riffing and the style of the tempo on the song and like the fucking heaviness of the song, you don't really mm-hmm. associate with like this is a fucking fun party fucking song, yeah. man. But like, dude. I've played this at fucking parties, man. Like, and it works just fine, yeah. dude. I mean, I mean, I've played a lot of their shit at fucking parties or whatever, yeah. but like, and it works. But for some, for this, because this this one doesn't have the fucking, you know, their eighties fucking town, chicka town, chicka town, You know, like the eighties yeah. riffs, the glam riffs. It doesn't have any of that in there, dude. Like, in fact, it's got the fucking, you know, I mean, it's pretty much got a fucking breakdown in the middle of it. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, but for some reason, it's, and again, it might be just because I saw Subject the video. Matter, but uh, yeah, or, or the video. I'm curious too, yeah. to see, like, who uh, from these other bands, like, are in that video. I wonder if there's any people of note in the fucking video. <sighs> Probably. I haven't watched it in plus. Over a decade, I, so. I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say just because, like, it speaks for itself, yeah. dude. It is. Yeah. But you're right. You know. they're, they're they're able to combine vibes. Like like it's aggressive, but it's also yeah, it's like really you're having fun. You know what I mean? In a, lo- a way yeah. that a lot of other. It's really weird too because like when we're talking about like he seems like the the most angry out of all of those vocals from there. I mean, it still gives off a fucking party vibe to it. Yeah. Like I don't know how that works. Magic. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's probably some of that. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so we are to number number one, one, one. Number fun. <laughs> <laughs> Moment of Point truth. taken. So it's been alluded to a little bit already, but my number one is A Fire in Babylon. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. It is literally, in my opinion, their perfect composition, their masterpiece. This is like the, the, that's well, yeah, it's number one for a fucking reason. But like the songwriting, the way that the song moves through throughout, like the, the way the music moves throughout the song, it is literally like their perfect song. Uh, for those who cannot speak, comes very close, like because they, the best way I can describe, like these two songs pair so well together in my opinion, not because they're both the spiritual, like, last tracks, but they're not songs. They're compositions. All the other tracks that they have, besides those, these two songs, are songs. Yeah. But the, like, Fire and Babylon is a composition. It's a moving piece. The instrumental in the, in the intro with all the fucking rad squeals and everything, and then you get to the actual thrash rift, and the, the thrash riff, and... Matt and Brian's vocal interchange, and then it goes to the fucking more melodic break, and he's doing his Hetfield, the solo, and it's amazing. Just the the way that the song kind of mellows out toward the end with the harmonies and just firebird. Yeah, it yeah. rings out. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is their perfect song. Like it's been my ever since I heard it. It has been my number one. Like. Because I I came into Shadows Fall during War Within, so I had I ba- I had to backpedal essentially. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when when I finally heard like Thoughts Without Words, Destroyer of Senses, just from searching other shit that they've done, when I actually finally got the Art of Balance, listened to the whole thing, and then it was just like Prelude leading into Fire Babylon. It's just like oh my god, 
and then they followed the like it was weird for me because you guys got into it during Art of Balance and then followed it up with War Within and it was like an awesome follow up. For me, I had the reverse effect, whereas I got into it th- through War Within and just like, oh, they had an album before that. Oh my God, it's just as good. Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> well, friends. Oh yeah, yeah man. And, and, and then I heard Crushing Belial, and I'm like, oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to fuck with that run, dude. Straight yeah. up. So yeah, Fire and Babylon is it is their best song to me. Like, Fair enough. Hands down. Hard to argue. It's um. Another outlet for his Rastafarian eccentricities on there too. Right. Talking about Babylon and yeah. lions and shit, and it works. Yep. I re. Well, on that note, have you guessed what it, my number one is yet? No. Is it? Are you doing Dead World? No. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's another F one Blood song. Yes, it is. Yeah. Is it another one that's also on Somber? No. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> but it's but it's in the album title. Oh. Yeah. Off of yeah. one blood, of oh, one blood. God damn it! <laughs> Another one. I that was figured really fun as live. I, I uh, yeah. That one I straight up didn't hear till I heard the album, and I, and I was like, oh, there's finally when I hear, get to hear the rest of uh, Crushing Belial for the first time. Oh, that was fun. What's next? And then it just hits you right in, dude, with the perfect yeah. amount of melody. It's catchy as all fuck. Yeah. It's upbeat. It's a positive song for the you know as far as I can tell. It's it's, it's sounds like a call to unity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's. And like even like the way they harmonize in the in the chorus is a little off kilter, but I like especially like when you watch the live footage on that DVD and you're like, oh, that's how they're doing it. That's not what I thought, but okay, that's cool, dude. Yeah, that's Fuck yeah. fucking solid, solid, solid. Epic, song. epic fucking solo. Just yeah. like it's good vibe. There's like shit he'll do vocally, not on the recording during the live performances that I really like. I really wish they would play again so I can see them perform this. Uh, I really wish they'd play again so I can just see them. That's fair. <laughs> get get your, your fucking face whipped with Brian's dreads, mm. as I've done many a time. Yeah, for when I was really searching about it, I was like, this apparently this is my favorite, and this is how I discovered this. You know, and Certain bands, I either have to be really unfamiliar with their shit, and then that's how I discover I like it, or... Like, I've known what my favorites are for years, but this is one I hadn't thought about this way before that I discovered that I was like, okay. And maybe this wouldn't be 18-year-old Dave's favorite, but it's fucking almost 35-year-old Dave's favorite, so I'm going with it. And oh, I can you throw the almost in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's less than a <laughs> yeah. week. Or no, less than... Yeah. It's, it's less than a month. Let's go with that. I can't do math right now. Fuck yeah. Unborn blood. Fucking good jam, dude. Yes, it is. So now we get to hear the moment of truth for Jason. Number one. Mine's thoughts without words. I think it's easily fucking thrash Hall of Fame, dude. Fucking the fucking riffs in this song, dude. Like, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's hard. Like, I like to fucking do the fucking Beavis and Butthead of the riffs, man. But sometimes it's fucking kind of hard to do. But I, I don't know what it was about the fucking about the song. I liked it better than Stepping Outside the Circle. I thought even the demo version. It's more pissed than Stepping Outside the Circle. I think it's. More chunk, more crunch. Yeah, and it's not as... It, I mean, as much as I liked Idle Hands being like the whole fucking battery with the fucking... Yeah, it's not as gallopy, right? No, it's... Well, it, a lot of it is the fucking... So it's got the fucking... Uh, hold on. It, the, the, that first part, the... You know, and obviously, yeah, the fucking double kick fucking city when it really fucking kicks in on the verse, but that... 
there's a fucking it's almost I mean that's almost like the standard fucking death metal thing. So the best way I can describe it, stepping outside the circle, you would hear off of like Rust in Peace. This you would hear off of like Rain and Blood. Yeah. Right. I can see that. Yeah, just a fucking. Yeah, 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 thing in there too it's well and I also I mean this is one literally you know like chaos reigns yeah. you know chaos reigns mm-hmm. in it's totally different like I don't know maybe Matt does one part and he does the other part yeah, but yeah, it, that's John yeah like the only thing John does is that still question all yeah. I've known advancing forward yeah you know like there's parts in here that fucking uh, this fallacy I have <laughs> Yeah. Dude, that to me sounds like Joey Belladonna. That I part, that. yeah. Like you know, if it like, was like Hetfield and Joey Belladonna, kind of. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's In like if if Joey Belladonna just had like a little more grime on his mm-hmm. fucking vocals, man. Like they really, I think That's that mad. might that might have been one reason why I really fucking was drawn to him on Art of Balance when I first heard him too. Is they had so many. It was like basically they took everything that I liked about Anthrax and just made it so much better. Because as much as I liked Anthrax, they were still, to me, the one I probably liked least out of the big four solely because I wasn't, like, again, like, Megadeth, the only thing I didn't like was Dave's vocals, where I wasn't super into Joey Belladonna's vocals, but I do like Steve Perry better than fucking Dave Mustaine. And he's basically Steve Perry. And the solos didn't take me out of it so bad. And, And, I mean, Megadeth's fucking riffs, to me, were... Better. The solos were better. You know, some of the song structure was a little bit better. The Anthrax had more songs that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And so to me, they were kind of like that bottom of the big four where like this takes all the stuff that I liked and makes Put it, it all like amazing. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's parts of his vocals, you know, especially that rasp yell thing that reminds me of like if you just had a baby between John Bush and Joey Belladonna. That's kind of what it reminds me of, because he has the raspiness of John Bush, with the the melodic highs, if you want to kind call it. of just the well, just the voice sound. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. But yeah, then like I said, like the death metal element of that fucking first, that very first opening, man, like that's yeah. fucking like standard death metal. Like we're gonna open up with a st- staccato thing yeah. and then get into the fucking double picking city and the, the more aggressive parts or whatever. So yeah, we talk about bands that that find that in between of death metal and thrash a lot i'm surprised we didn't think of shadows fall right off the bat i mean there's a lot more to them but like when they hit that that oh, fine yeah. line dude well the, you know what's weird is like i mean i always noticed even back then one reason why that's another reason why i liked them that out of probably all those bands they use probably the most death growls out of all of them Absolutely. too like, I, mean, oh, yeah. I know i mean labani used them all the time too but the way that the the way that all the remains were mixed was kind of a little bit further back, and it, it's yeah. a more muffled sounding. Where these guys were very forward with their fucking just straight up fucking growls, like yep. it's whoa, dude, holy shit! So, oh, you know what I forgot to shout out is Brian going low on uh, of one blood too. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah, granted that makes the dynamic between him and Matt a little different, uh, but he does it the the current way now. Well, I say now he did it after a certain amount of time, but like it was cool hearing Brian go that low on that album too. Just they're fucking. That was also his first album. Yeah, that was one thing too. Like even with Destroyer of Senses, I guess one thing that I always thought was 
really cool with that song was the part where it's uh, I mean I guess it's the chorus it's it's almost like they you know he starts off it's like I keep I keep from falling off but there's like an off part that's going I keep from falling off yeah you know what I mean like it's almost like they're singing it in a round yeah, <laughs> yeah you know what I mean I never noticed that when I was listening to the song until I saw them live and watched them do it live. And I was just like, ooh, that's, that's how, really cool. Like, yeah. they were really cool to see live because they do, you get to see what everybody, like, which parts they're doing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, dude, like, this is fucking awesome. Because prior to seeing them, I, mean, I kind of figured one of the guitar players did, like, some vocals. I didn't know that both of them did. Yep. Yeah. yeah but again, John is way more minimal. And like he doesn't. Oh he yeah, do for it sure. Anymore after yeah, Matt was almost another. Matt would is something I would credit as backing vocals, where like John would just be like, I probably wouldn't even give him the credit. It's yeah, just like he does stuff, you yeah. know, like. Yeah. Fucking, uh, the the way the three of them work together was so. Oh awesome. yeah, like I said, I mean, like seriously, I mean, I guess this a lot of this might be repeated when we do a fucking top five most underrated bands. Because yeah. I seriously think they're one of the top five yeah, most apparently. underrated bands yeah. in the modern era. Yeah. I think they are. It's hard to do that when they're fucking nominated for two Grammys. They didn't and win. And the though. drummer wins but, best fucking yeah, drummer. But they didn't fucking. They did, and they were featured in Guitar Hero. Man, right. maybe they're not. Maybe I just don't know that many Shadows Fall fans. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, that is a tricky one because you could definitely put more bands in that slot, but at the same time, you're like they really fully did. They didn't get the full recognition they deserved, you know? Right. And that was the thing. It's just I like, feel like they're 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 worth more than the credit they get. Yes. And so we talk about like the bands that kept going and the ones that didn't. Obviously, you're talking about that that Headbangers Ball lineup. Lamb of God and Killswitch are still fucking massive, especially Lamb of God, and then. The you know the momentum for Shadows Fall and God Forbid fell off at a certain point, and we're gonna get into God Forbid very. That's soon why too. I think, like seriously, if Fall the top from the five war- black metal bands, God Damn. Forbid. <laughs> I wish True. I had that shirt when they had this. Them. If if Fall from the War and the whole thing with Central Media and and uh, the fucking oh Jesus whatever the album is, Threads of Life. Threads of Life, yeah. yeah, yeah. Almost the Temples of Light. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I, I think that's a Candyria song. Wow. Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> I mean, if 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 that whole like that bundle of issues right there hadn't fucking happened, and it would have went from War Within to Retribution, or if, if fuck, I'll even say War Within to Retribution to Fire in the Sky. I think they would yes, they would yeah. be on Kill Switch level. They would be on Lamb of God level. And the reason why I, you can say that is because Lamb of God is nowhere near as fucking commercially viable as fucking Kill Switch no Engage, shit, and they dude. are easily on that same fucking level. Yeah. So there is room for fucking a big heavy band. Yeah. And these guys are like right in between there. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny too is I guess Century Media offered them the same deal that uh, Atlantic would have, but they wanted to see what kind of potential they had on ah, Atlantic. Man. Yeah, they do. That's how life goes, dude. You gotta live with your choices, man. Like, yep. and it's sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. I mean, it's not like they lost. I mean, they still did come out with Retribution, yeah. and it still did fucking fine. Yeah. Like, they were on Jimmy Fallon for crying yeah. out loud playing that. Dude. Yeah, like fucking. <laughs> dude. Yo, hey, shout out, still I rise, dude. That's a fucking great fucking yeah. song off Absolutely. there, man. It's on par with everything yeah. from War Within. It's just as catchy. Should have been on the radio if it wasn't. Yeah. It was. You know? Was it? That's it was. good because it should have been. That's. I mean, that was clearly the fucking radio single on that album. You know, yeah, dude, like, I think they would have been perfect for that middle, that middle spot. 
where you have Kill Switch that's way more commercially viable. Lamb of God that's pretty fucking extreme. Like, way more extreme than they should Lamb be for of being God as... Lamb gets radio time, too. Yeah, for being as heavy as they are, they should not be... I know. I they should not be as popular as they are for yeah. as heavy, yeah. as, as extreme they, as they are. They play, they they are. play Redneck on Rock 105.3. Okay, I can see that. I can even see Walk With Me in Hell, something like that. But, I mean, and then obviously, like, fucking Kill Switch and Gage. I mean, they they definitely have the fucking more commercially viable stuff. And, like, yeah, these guys really would be perfect for that walk the line right mm-hmm. in between yeah. that fucking spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They should have fucking been there, but unfortunately it just didn't work out that way. Yeah. Yep. Hell of a great run. They say that they're going to try to figure out some reunion shows. And, look like, that's probably what it's going to be is, like, festival stuff. They say if there was sure, new music, why not? I mean, happens. as far as everybody, as long as everybody's schedule yeah. lines up. But I mean, and that's what it is more than anything as, else. As Flotsam and Jetsam gets a little bit older too, and I mean, Anthrax, you know, they're not. It's not like they're going to be fucking road dogging like they were fucking eighteen anymore. Yeah. You know, they're getting older as well, and I know Scott Ian's getting into a lot of different avenues and stuff. So it's like, yeah, like why not? Yep. Okay, well, Anthrax isn't doing anything. What are you guys? You yeah, want to fucking Scotty doing? doing Mr. Bungle now. Want to go play literally one show? Yeah, for real. For right? like a hundred thousand people. Why Supposedly not? Supposedly they're in contact with each Art other every day. Art of balance. Twenty year. Come on. Uh, that's what I'm thinking more. So that's more yeah. realistic at this point, right? Plus that's what I'd want to see more. Fucking a. Just like Skinner. Let's get into it. The top ten songs on Spotify with. 356,000, I wanted to say million, but 356,000, Destroyer of Senses. And then at 400,000, Enlightened by the Cold, Power of Iron 470,000. That's above Enlightened by the Cold? Mm-hmm. Wow. Thoughts without words. It had words. a video. 400, Did it? Yeah. Enlightened by the Cold? Yeah, yeah, it had a live video. No, uh, Power of uh, Iron No, Power of Iron That was the yeah. first one they had. It was, it was yeah. them performing in a field. I think it was... Yeah, it was yeah, Ozfest 2004, yeah. even though they weren't on it. They just happened yeah. to be there. But So they had all their friends from the bands coming out. Yeah. There's, a, there's a scene of uh, Doc Coyle and uh, Alex from Atreyu going down on a uh, big sausage that they're grilling on both sides. Yeah. There's a scene of Byron just slathering some like like spare ribs with hot sauce or something. That's a fun as that, that, yeah. that's Again, with the vi- vibes, it's a heavy song. But it's got a positive vibe and message, yeah. and it's got a fun video where everybody's yeah. joking around, dude. It's 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 a perfect mix. Let's see, where was I? Power of I and I, yes, four hundred seventy thousand, right, right, right above that at four hundred seventy-two thousand thoughts without words. Still I rise, five hundred ninety-nine. It's almost six hundred thousand. Then we have Welcome to the Machine, one one million one hundred forty-nine thousand. Oh, I missed uh, what drives the week, one point two mil. Uh, the, yeah, then Welcome to the Machine. Redemption, 1.4 mil, and by far and away, at almost 5.2 mil, The Light That Blinds. Guitar Hero. Guitar exactly Hero, what absolutely. It was. I think, uh, yeah, after they knew their, their bread and butter were, you know, where that was. I, I, um, last time I saw them was 2010, and it was, again, with God Forbid, opening for uh, Five Finger Death Punch. And it was, they closed with Light That Blinds, because they knew that was the big one now, so, fuck it, man. We will be there for the reunion, if it's convenient. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that really depends on how close yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> Although I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably not, I probably wouldn't go to Vegas for it, but I would definitely go to L.A. for that, man. Yeah, we shall see. We we await your return. I'd go, to, I'd go to Vegas for that. Yeah, considering I, I've never fucking seen them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to go to a, a Vegas show one day. That Parkway might be the closest date for that too so we'll see 
Until then, hit us up. Let us know what your favorite Shadows Fall stuff is. Hit us up on all the socials. Metalist Pod on Twitter. Metalist Podcast everywhere else. Uh, I'm at Yes It Is I David. Jason's all over the place. If you want to get more specific <laughs> with it. Well, just Jason Fitness on Instagram. Jason Ten Smith on Twitter. If you want to follow there, but I don't really do much on there. Just hit him up on all the socials. You can hit up Metalist Pod on Twitter, yeah. and that that's pretty much me. Yep. Uh, you know, Facebook is just the Metalist. I think you could just search that, and it'll take you to the page. Yep. Um, and then I just checked it out. We are on Google Play is now called Google Podcasts. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and you could just search Google the Metalist P. there. Obviously, you can search the Metalist on Spotify and Apple that comes up pretty frequently now. It's not so buried, so it's a little bit easier to find it. Thanks again for joining us, folks. Thanks again for joining us, Alex. Yes. We'll get your plugs in next time. Until then, eat your veggies. Fuck your prayers. Goodbye. Later.